of StarCraft 1. What? StarCraft 64. Yo. <laughs> Which I know you have a copy of, Chris. I do. <laughs> Maybe the only RTS I've ever seen to have split-screen multiplayer. Yes. Both cooperative and competitive, which there's almost a whole new level of psychological warfare to playing an RTS against someone locally and seeing everything they can do and they can see everything you can do. <laughs> That's a very weird... Starcraft Did Halo Wars have split screen? I don't know. Halo Wars had like LAN and stuff. You know what did? Lord of the Rings Battle for Middle Earth. That had split screen? Uh Uh-huh. Classic. Did you you play together or was it... You could play either way. Oh, no shit. Well, then I might stand corrected, but that that was a very weird port of that game. That had fucking Minas Tirith in it. Who? What did your stupid Star Starcraft? Wars game happen in? <laughs> Wait, I yeah, said exactly. Starcraft. <laughs> yeah. Guess, guess, Minas Tirith made up by a guy a hundred years ago in a trench, not whatever Starcraft stole from Warhammer. Yeah, <laughs> right? Fucking garbage. Whose side is everyone on? I know. I'm on the side I'm of... I'm on Tolkien's side. Yeah. yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien slash Chaos. Well, That's let's team, face it. Team J.R.R. Chaos. Jim Rainer's the best character in StarCraft. Tom Bombadil is the best character in Lord of the Rings. It's a good name. I don't know who Tom Bombadil is because I never read the books. He played the game. What game? Is he Tom was, Bombadil he in the game? game. <laughs> he wasn't in the game. All right. So originally for our opening topic, I was going to bring up stuff like the PC gaming show and why EA still sucks and all that. But then some hot news came my way that I just had to bring up. Billy Mitchell, our boy, the sauce man himself, put out, put out a formal press release. This was, uh, I think, a couple days after we finished recording the part one. This was from the Mitchell estate, stating that his once-revoked Donkey Kong and Pac-Man high scores have officially been reinstated by the fine folks at the Guinness Book of World Records Foundation in a questionable decision, saying that they, upon reevaluation, could no longer see any solid evidence of cheating. Note that this verification only comes from Guinness and not Twin Galaxies, nor their new head, uh, post-Walter Day, that I mentioned in the last episode. I think the current president is Chase Hall. I forget. Either way, there's apparently still a lawsuit pending, of course, as we uh, already all know how litigious of a dude Billy is. But yeah, uh, thoughts? Yo. (laughs) I bought his buffalo sauce once. It sucks. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Really? Try suing Hot Button, you prick. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Buffalo sauce sucks. Yeah, buffalo sauce is garbage, dude. Careful, dude. Careful. Frank's Frank's better. Sidebar real quick. There's a Tom Bombadil magic card, and it's like a 1515 legendary creature. (laughs) I don't know if it's real or not. (laughs) That sounds like the unabridged stuff. I don't know. It could be. Uh, no, so so the reason why that score is so, like, contested is not because he cheated in the sense of, like, altering the game mechanics or did anything like that. It's because he played it on MAME. Yeah, well, that was the thing. It's, like, it's inarguable that Billy Mitchell, as much of a knob he can be, is good at Donkey Kong and Pac-Man. Like, and he's played them publicly and stuff like that. Yep. But, yeah, it was, like, once they 
examined that footage because I didn't know just how crazy Twin Galaxies is. Yeah. Rightfully so with with how they yeah. preserve that stuff. Like there are literally videos that don't just capture the screen, but the dip switches inside. Yes. The, like this. So like just so they know that nothing's being tampered with. They are like in, in the sense that like if you look at the speedrunning community, they have different categories like playing on VC percent, right? Like mm-hmm. virtual console. Twin Galaxies does the same, but that's because they came from an era where there was no such thing as MAME. And right. they want to make sure that all the games are played on original hardware. Yes. And did you hear the story about how the dude figured out that it came out on MAME? Yeah, it was like how the screen drew, yes. right? Yeah, there how, were like enthusiasts that really broke it yeah. down and, and and discovered that, you how, know. Like, like how the screen loaded changed depending on if it was original yeah. or on MAME, which is such a, such a thing that like only it's people wild. who totally understand that through and through would, would understand. Yeah. But like, I mean, he, he technically got the record. But he just did he, it. He definitely wanted to be known as the first person to reach the kill screen and stuff in Pac-Man and all that, which could technically still be true, it, and, and it likely is. But all right, well, we got to stop this discussion because <laughs> we're gonna have uh, our own episode we'll say, on yeah. that, and this is this could potentially go for like a half an hour like just a discussion on how Twin Galaxies operates. All right, yeah, we'll, which, we'll keep it in the pocket, everyone, yeah, before we get too too and, carried away. Have so. you guys thought about getting a retainer? From a lawyer before you make the episode? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I tried. Who did I try to get to sue us? Randy Pitchford. Oh, yeah. And that bastard didn't do... Come at me, dude. <laughs> Wait, is he, uh, is, he, is he Magic Man? Yeah. yeah. He's yeah, Dick Magic. Yeah, 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 yeah you, that's the one. Uh, medieval Times flash drive guy. <laughs> Yikes. For more on that, check out. Uh, <laughs> For more on that, check out our two-parter on uh, Randy Pitchford. There you go. So what's up, guys? If you haven't already guessed, this is Hot Button, and we are back with part two, the conclusion to our series on the various scandals and legal recourses surrounding the StarCraft and StarCraft II professional scenes. Last time we covered just a little bit of the history regarding the formation of esports' rise to popularity as a business itself, as well as uh, was likely the biggest discovery of match-fixing found in it yet. But did it stop there? Of course not. I'm Randall Beatrice, here today once again with Austin Blakesley. Hey, yo. Chris Anantuano. Yo. And special guest host of all things nefarious in the world of competitive gaming, Chris Nudaboom. Hello. <laughs> now, where we last left off, it seemed like a fairly dark moment for Korea here and video games in general, as I imagine... The One of the p- darkest in their history. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, Chris. I was going to make that same joke. As I imagine the potential of what the esports industry could be was pretty tainted with the reveal of all those destroying the culture for personal gain. What's yeah. Korea? What? <laughs> Which, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, man. Not best Korea. Oh. Sorry, that was the only other joke I could think of. Crystal, my other joke. Oh, no, but it's fine. I, I do want to mention, too, in the last episode, we talked a lot about the rise of esports and not necessarily f- focused a, a heap of attention on how they went about match fixing. Mm-hmm. And you ready for this hype promotion? Ooh. That's because it was in 2008 and no one re- really knew. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this time. People broke this shit down. Mm-hmm. They got the insider scoop. Yeah. yeah. You don't get one past the internet these days. No, not at all. I hope they, everyone's familiar. You got, you got a yeah. whole lot of uh, detectives, unemployed detectives with none better to do now. Do you got your packet ready? <laughs> I failed to point out in the last episode that I think you're the first person on here to not have electronic notes. 
I, I, but good I, old fashioned paper. Dude, I fuck better with the paper. <laughs> Nobody's the pen and paper. <laughs> Nobody's hacking the you. first. Uh, we oh, used really? to do like a live comedy show some years back, and I always did it on my computer, and then we let my roommate do one, and he brought like a script. <laughs> yeah. Like, a oh, stapled yeah. paper oh, yeah. script. <laughs> you see, what would happen is if I was on here more regularly, <laughs> I would immediately go to digital. Uh, oh, 100% I, like an I, was hoping, I, I was yeah. hoping you just have yeah, a sheet of post-it notes. I do like it, though, because when you're reading off your script, it gives me a barometer for how far in we are and oh, stuff yeah. because you're, you're just peeling the pages off and throwing them on the floor. So it's like... Good. Realistically, yeah. we should probably be sharing a Google Doc when we do this. Yeah, but you'd yeah, think. You could use a 1.5 font like I do. And I know, it drives me nuts. script at one time. <laughs> I'm but. at 14, baby. Well, I quadruple space everything and make the margins five inches. <laughs> you're not in college. You don't need like... <laughs> oh. yeah, it's like, wait, I'm oh, not getting... Alton, <laughs> good episode. 500 pages. I'm not getting paid by the page. <laughs> well... I hope you guys uh, know how bookies work. I do because you explained it to me oh, while you were doing research for this. But, yeah, uh, get in it. We, yes, we, that's why I know too. Of course. Yeah, you me and, it me and Chris are. Uh, in a, what were we experts in? In addition to Korean businessmen, yes, we are also avid gamblers. Yes, uh, but please, please explain it to Randy because he's you know. Hey, we won money. Not the uh, sharpest bulb in the bunch or whatever. We, we, won, we won money betting on the Oscars this year, Austin. Yeah, because of me. Yeah, no, my I, expertise. Oh, I once took a class on a corporate. Social it was my decision to gamble so on Parasite, myself. and it uh, paid off. I mean. Doesn't seem much of a gamble to me, but it was. It, it was a gamble because uh, 1917 was heavily favored in that movie. Fuck that movie. <sighs> Parasite's awesome. Damn. Well, <laughs> so we already discussed how match fixing that occurred in the Kespa controlled brood war scene. Which yeah. planet in Star Wars is that? I got him. I've been waiting a week and a half to make that joke. Really? So. Okay. Yeah, because I was like, what does Kespa remind me of? And then I was like, oh, it sounds like a Star Wars Best planet. Spin? And then I locked that in up here. Could have been remember. I could have been remembering so much more important shit this past week and a half. But no, nope. uh, it was worth it for that moment world? where only I left. Kashyyyk. Kashyyyk. There yeah, there's yeah. like five Y's in it. In the, in the Kashyyyk controlled brood war scene. I was thinking of Bespin. Bespin That's what was I said. the one. Yeah. yeah. No, I wasn't listening. Cloud City. How all this really weakened Kespa's power when Blizzard was looking to really crack open the Korean scene. More importantly, Blizzard had other intentions in mind when they were picking a fight with Kespa. It pretty much guaranteed the success of the upcoming sequel yes. to Brood War, StarCraft II Wings of Liberty. So I think this is around 2010 where we're yes. at in the story. Yeah. yeah. Sons of Liberty came out in spring of 2011? Wings of Liberty. Wings of, what did I say? Sons of Liberty. Oh, goddamn Metal Gear. Song. That's Metal Gear. Oh my god. Oh, great game, great game. Yeah. They, great game. They, they actually chose, there was some kind of, I, I don't think it was, it couldn't have been BlizzCon, but it was like a regional event in Korea. That might have been the qualifiers to BlizzCon oh, at the time. Okay. They chose that as the stage to actually show off the trailer for StarCraft Two. That's cool. That makes sense. I mean, yeah. That's, yeah. So Blizzard yeah. definitely in it now. This is really a story about how match fixing once again weakened the strength that you know the once formidable Cabal, <laughs> aka Caspa. Yeah. How much they had in the industry, and it ultimately paved the way for a lot of other major esports leagues that run to this day. Because you got to remember where we were in 2010. Right. Yeah. League of Legends was like a year out of beta. League of Legends came out in 2009. There was like five or six gaming leagues at the time that were internal. You had MLG. You had Cal or CPL. You had a few others. But now if you look at the scene now, it's it's so much more controlled by the companies that produce the games. Right. 
Yeah. Why oh, yeah. it has uh, you know, LCS. LCS. LPK, whatever, uh, for like the different regions. Dota's the Invitational, is that? Yeah, Dota yeah. does the Invitational. You have... Which uh, they also have their own tournament thing to get invited to the Invitational. Road yeah. to the Invitational. Yeah, yeah. Oh, is that uh, what it's called? <laughs> How original that game Newell is, I swear. Uh, quick addendum also, just to keep everyone listening on track. This is early 2010-ish, I think. Yeah. StarCraft Two apparently that, that hit the market later that summer so that that was 2010 not yeah. spring of 2011 yeah but it, it i do it, remember yeah. i was balls deep in minecraft 2010 that was 2010 holy shit minecraft. Yeah. i think minecraft was i playing 2010 <laughs> modern warfare that would be modern warfare that would be, world be black war. ops right no world of war was 08 then modern warfare well, 2 modern was warfare 09 2. so this would be black ops was 2010 no but i would have been playing modern warfare Two yeah. in 2010. Me too. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. Black Ops came out at the end of 2010. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, speaking of update for everybody before we continue, speaking of Modern Warfare 2, <laughs> I bought StarCraft Remastered. Oh, Hold nice. on, there will be a connection. Okay. Uh, because I, w- I was telling Chris, I went to download StarCraft. Does not work on Windows 10, I don't think. The original StarCraft. Yeah. So then I just bought Remastered to play through the campaign a little bit. But then when mm. I was on the store for Blizzard, I also saw that uh, Modern Warfare 2 Remastered was also on sale. Oh, uh, was it? For like half off. So I bought that as well. I haven't played it yet, but that's what made me think of to bring up the StarCraft thing. <laughs> yeah, no, that's worth it. I had the best Facebook status of my life. <laughs> when Modern Warfare 2 was out. Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, my, it was. I don't know what's going to be lower this semester, my KDA or my GPA. Nice. <laughs> that was just that's a qu- solid joke. That's quality, solid baseline comedy right there. <laughs> right there. The, fu- the fundamentals. Just like right down the middle of the plate, not, not offensive to anybody. <laughs> just some good Jeff I Foxworthy mean, humor. A little, little niche for, for the gamers out there. Shout out. It's funny because I bought... Shout out gamers. <laughs> I bought StarCraft 2 at launch. I don't know why I thought it was 2011. Yeah. I, was, I think that was the last physical box PC game I bought. You're not buying Anthem, dude. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah, but so... I bought a... Uh, for those uh, not paying attention, I bought five copies of Anthem. <laughs> it was for White Elephant, and they were $5 each, I bought each, one right? for myself. They were $5 each. I bought one for myself and then for our White Elephant thing that we do at the end of every year. With a $25... Uh, With a $25 yeah. limit, I bought four copies of Anthem and wrapped them. And then the one person participating in White Elephant that did not play a ton of games was the one that unwrapped four copies of Anthem, which was very hard to explain. It got traded in the end. It did. It got stolen. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Continue. No, you're good. You're good. So uh, we really want to take a look at this. Is is Blizzard versus Caspa a little bit prior to the StarCraft two release? Yeah, this you is got, pre. This is pre StarCraft two release. This is also the time that uh, the, the match fixing allegations came out. Uh, yeah, it was in the same time frame yeah. from the Brood War era, and in many ways the, the dust Korean, had not settled. It, no, fully not yet. at all. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> In many ways, the Korean pro scene, the pro scene modeled what Blizzard was hoping for in StarCraft II, mm-hmm. right? They wanted to emulate that success globally, but it did not come without a fight. Uh, I mean, Blizzard understood like the power and the influence that the Korean scene had on the success of StarCraft Brood War. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And with two being in development for so long and finally like ready to announce, that was a big deal. <laughs> oh, yeah. How long was two in development? Was it in development from... The time oh, that they, first... they stopped doing Warcraft Three, they showed a lot of restraint in announcing it, but they were working on it for a long time. Yeah, yeah, because it had not been announced just yet, but there was a lot of behind-the-scenes work being done, uh, well, I mean, especially yeah, sure. with getting this shit back on track again after the pro scene. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, what happened? You know, I mean, actually, what do you know? In the script that I have in front of me, uh, in the 
the legal documents. <laughs> the next thing that I have is uh, during That's Blizzard's thick. Korean regional qualifiers for BlizzCon 2007, uh, this was the arena that they chose to unveil that new cinematic for StarCraft II Wings of Liberty. Oh, fuck yeah, I remember this. The Games Press outlets went nuts. And, uh, yeah, it was very cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Man, sequel, sequel to one ago. of the you know, high, most highly rated, best-selling PC games of all time. Yeah. And, and like you said, 2007... That's a yeah, and I guess it was three years after this is. This was really like the, the golden shelf. times for uh, for Blizzard as a company, right? Like World of Warcraft was booming. Yeah, and uh-huh. and they were also gearing for Diablo three, which was yes. post StarCraft two, but that was a, yeah, also a huge and then deal. They were also working on Titan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you okay, need okay, times yeah. to all the lack of gold they have now. Is Overwatch. what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, dude? You're not excited for Overwatch two? <sighs> I completely forgot about Overwatch 2 <laughs> until Remy else. said something about it the other day. When we, I was like, wait, I was like, wait, I forgot about that. The, <laughs> fact, the fact that they're calling that too. And the worst part is I know I'm still going to buy it and play it yep. a lot. But God Hey, as long as they have all the all the God Winston skins, I'm in. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, around this time, Blizzard also took notice to a very big thing that Kespa was doing. Oh? Yeah, was it <laughs> criminal? Uh, <laughs> well... Kespa didn't think so. Okay. They were charging for tr- broadcasting rights. I trust their judgment. You trust the Kespa's judgment? Yeah. They seem like ups- real upstanding citizens. <laughs> yeah. Well, they were making money off StarCraft, which wasn't a property that they owned. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to a letter on the May 27th of 2010 by Mike Morheim to the Korean esports fans, according to this letter, they, as in Blizzard, began talks with Kespa in good faith so we could find a way to protect our intellectual property rights as well as help esports to grow further. And Sounds about right. These negotiations apparently happened for three years until Blizzard, gearing up for the release of StarCraft II, started to take over. And Blizzard would begin actually giving out beta keys to different regions leading up to the early 2010 planned beta release. I'm just curious. Did anyone or anyone you know get in? I did not. I did not either. Actually, I do know someone that got in. Oh, yeah? My college houseman. Ah, right on. Shout out to Chad Denobi. <laughs> I know Chad. Yeah, I know mm-hmm. Chad, too. Did you, did you get to, like, watch him play it? or? Yeah, yeah. No shit. I think, I think a few people I went to college with had it, and I really, really, really wanted to get into the beta. And then finally... They were just like, yeah, just play on my account. I played like two games, then I just waited for it to come out. That's fair. Yeah, for Korea, Blizzard gave them the special treatment, but almost immediately you could tell that Kespa was not playing ball with them. Blizzard allowed PC bongs. Uh, they, <laughs> yeah, I know. Nice, dude. It's like weed. <laughs> they, they gave PC bongs in South Korea. They allowed any customer to play the StarCraft II beta without using a key. So they, they assigned the key to the computers instead. Uh, and oh, that wow. means that any player had the opportunity to experience uh, the sequel to the their favorite esports pastime. And this was around March of 2010. I see. And, uh, That's pretty cool. Yeah. It is. It is. I mean, uh, us us in the States, we had to sign up for it and pray we got in. Yep. <laughs> yeah, because we don't have that kind of bong here. <laughs> no. The only ones we have, you have to light and choke it up, you know? Yeah, he's straight ripping, dude. <laughs> During this time, Mike Morheim, the president of Blizzard, he actually visited Korea in late February, a few weeks before the PC Bong beta release, mainly for business, but he also had a schedule. He scheduled a planned meeting with some of the Korean pro gamers and teams, and 
he was speaking directly with the teams about the upcoming release of StarCraft II. Hmm. And this is important because all the pro teams declined his invitation and didn't show up at all. Really? Yeah. He personally <laughs> reached out to the teams, said, I'm here on business. I would like to talk to you guys about StarCraft II. I want to make sure the hype gets going. And they said no. They Why? Why would they say no? Uh, they yeah. What do they stand to be foes with him? Well, or do you think Kespa told him to? It's almost, like, it's almost like no. Yeah, Blazer didn't go through Caspa in order to arrange uh, the event. There you go. Instead, they contacted the teams each individually. So right off the bat, Caspa sees this as a power move by Blizzard to downplay their legitimacy as a negotiations partner, as you can imagine. Mm. They put blame on you know not following proper procedure. They put it on their American counterparts, and uh, the two organizations continue to basically... Not be able to work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> jeez, yeah. that's some shit already. And this, the fucking game's not even out yet. <laughs> I know, I know. This is months leading up to it. Casper yeah. uh, had effectively put Blizzard's back into a corner. And between you and me, uh, I, I wouldn't want to fight against Activision. No. If you don't think Blizzard takes its IP rights seriously, you should really think again. No. And to remember, we're still only a couple years after the merger, in a way, with Blizzard. Yeah. Like, yeah, so, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's absolutely wild, the lanes that Blizzard goes to. Yeah. And speaking of, we do have a couple examples here of maybe why Blizzard would be so concerned for its intellectual property rights. Yeah. Can, I don't know if... Can, can you think of uh, any reason why Blizzard would be so concerned for its IP rights? <laughs> um... The law. <laughs> That's how the law works. You gotta be concerned. Uh, Otherwise, uh, people start calling tissues Kleenex and then you lose your. <laughs> yeah, they start calling gelatin jello yeah. and, and bandages band aids. Yeah. <laughs> Q tips, right? Is that another? Yep. Yeah. Can you guys think of any specific lawsuits that might have been going on at the time? <laughs> Within Blizzard? Within the general public and that Blizzard had going on. Within the general public. I don't know of any Blizzard one, no. Yeah, so our first example, this is July 14th, 2008, jumping back a little bit. MDY Industries LLC versus Blizzard Entertainment Incorporated. It was heard in federal courts. Yeah. Uh, specifically in the U.S. District Court for the District of Arizona. Why they chose that, I don't really know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it involved a man named Michael Donnelly, founder of MDY Industries. Now we know what the M and the D stands for. And actually the Y. Huh. <laughs> I'm thinking about that. Uh, he created a software bot called Glider that played WoW characters for the users unattended. Mm. Anybody who played WoW back in the day knows about Glider because they sat near. Was that a gold farming? Uh, uh, like it was gold farming. It was leveling, and it was battlegrounds rep grinding. And it worked well, huh? Very well. Oof. In fact, it was the bane of existence because. Uh, <laughs> In PvP, if you ever went to Alteric Valley, there'd be at least 20 people sitting there, and they would just run around and jump, and it was wild gliders. That's how you oh know. Oh my god, so that's why in the episode of South Park, there, there's just characters doing that? And like, <laughs> that's a good they, attention they would, to they detail. They would AFK, and because you would just gain yeah. honor from essentially sitting in the battleground, but they also did things like farming for mats and everything like that. That's funny. And, um, that's how you know a game's good when, uh, when come people out. make programs to play it for them. Uh, <laughs> You should you should look into RuneScape. Yeah. You know how such a big part of this game is doing literally nothing at all. Well, we made a computer do it for you, so now you can play a different game, I guess. Yeah, I mean, if you got, if you value your time so much that you can't play a game that you enjoy, like that you want to have a, a program play your favorite game for you, that is just 
<laughs> that is just great. But uh, yeah. in this case, uh, MDY, they start, uh, what is it called? A declaratory judgment that the Glider program did not infringe upon rights owned by Blizzard. Yeah, and Blizzard basically uh, contended in a counterclaim and a third-party complaint from the following seven claims. Uh, Chris, if you maybe wanted to go into these a little. Oh, baby. <laughs> so Wait, hold on. So, MDY sued Blizzard? No. Blizzard was looking to shut down Glider. Yeah. So, in return... This was his way of biting back, yeah. And they countersued under the idea that Glider did not infringe upon the rights that were owned by Blizzard because in particular I believe he said that each person who purchases a copy of a game has the right to the game yeah. so the right this to was a different like time code right was glider free no okay he was making money off it okay and I assume that is where Blizzard really wanted to throw down the, well, the hammer yeah that and the fact that they it was destroying oh wow. well totally I just more meant that's what they would use in a court of law like, yeah. like once there's I actually have a money exchanging hands. Then I'll be the first to admit I I use glider too. (laughs) I have a you're gonna get dragged away in a van. I I know I have a I have a shaman named uh, Crunchberry. Cops just come (laughs) crush. We got him, guys. Through the ceiling like that gif where they just like fall into the house. Then they slip me in Austin a couple hundred. I I mean, I mean, uh, uh, my my friend uh, or you know from some people I talk to that have used glider. Yeah, and my friend Nis Crudaboom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, funny enough, it was on Matt's account. <laughs> For those who don't know, Matt is my brother. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually curious, what part of WoW Classic do they re-release Glider and go back into a lawsuit against this guy? That's, is that that's, what, that's a great That's a coming great in question. 2021. Yeah. But they got countersued with a ton. Yeah. A ton of different arguments. Tortious interference with contract, contributory copyright infringement, which was eventually reversed in the appeal. Uh, <laughs> vicarious copyright infringement, violation of the DMCA, which they actually partially awarded it in favor to MDY. Oh, really? This yeah. is the Digital Millennium Copyright Act? Yeah, yeah. You, if you, if <laughs> you check just out the internet so... now, you can see everyone talking about uh, DMCA strikes on their YouTube or Twitch channel. Yeah, yes. Same thing. Right? Yeah. That's um, come up on here before, I think. Also, trademark infringement, unfair competition, which they actually awarded in favor of MDY. And That's surprising. Yeah, the law bit. works in mysterious ways, <laughs> and unjust enrichment. So, so I'm assuming trademark. So they did trademark and copyright. I'm assuming copyright kind of got thrown out, and trademark was yeah. the one that they got them for. Yeah. Well, lower courts agreed with Blizzard that WoW purchasers were not legal owners of the game software, but instead licensees. And as licensees, players are required to make use of the software with the scope of the. End user license agreement. Yeah, that's such bullshit, by the way. That's like... Yep. Which is, this is where Blizzard, obviously, they had strict prohibited the use of bots or third-party software to modify the WoW experience, quote-unquote. Like that. I was reading about that. No research here. This is just off the dome. But I was reading about how... How many things have we said? The law was set up that, like... (laughs) Not just end-user license agreements, but even when you buy one, something without signing it, if you buy a DVD, you are licensing that DVD. They're just giving you a copy of it. You don't really? own the movie. Yeah. <sighs> Not that they can ta- really take sure. it away, but... Yeah. Then why don't all those commercials say, like, you wouldn't license a movie. <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't vape a GameCube. <laughs> well, that's the exact reason it's set up that way for movies, because if you bought the movie like you bought a car, you could sell it. Yeah. 
but you can't sell a DVD. And you can. You can. You totally can. You can I, wait, 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 wait. But that yeah. is technically Try against the law. If you, yeah. if you were to make... It is very weird. Like, if you if you sell your DVD to somebody for five bucks, you're transferring the license to them. Same yes. way you would transfer, like, the title to a car. But, like... If you copy the movie and then profit off of it, that's there you where go. That, right. right. So right. if you if you burn copies on your CDRWs and you sell it to your <laughs> friends for five bucks, going to jail, baby. DVDRWs, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's right, more than it's, just it's, audio. It's, edit it out in post, am I right? Yeah. yeah. Edit it out in post. Gotta get that doodle layer nine but, gig. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, if you make a copy of a movie for yourself. 100% it's still, legal. It's still within your yes. license, right? Yep. That yeah. is why when you use emulator software, you yeah. have to have download a copy. a copy of your own BIOS. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing. It's like you can, you can like, use emulators is, by putting the original disc in. It is also then, technically not illegal to use an emulator if you own a copy of the game. Yes. Well, it's not illegal to use an emulator at all. Yeah. If you download um, a ROM and for whatever weird reason you get busted on it. If you download it, a ROM, that's like, legal. Yeah. If you download a ROM that you own a copy of the game. Yes. I think that's also illegal. But Is if, because it? it's someone else's license, but if you were to buy one of those things where you could put an NES cartridge into a thing that hooks up to your computer and download the ROM off of the cartridge yourself, that is completely legal. Yeah. yeah. Which some people still do just for preservation reasons, but I, I've always yeah. wondered... Not, well, not, maybe if I could plug in my DS and run it at 10,000 times the speed while <laughs> I power level Pokemon, then I wouldn't have to download a ROM, but is I there, can't do that. Is there a version of the WoW thing but for Pokemon? Just <laughs> but, uh, Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's bots that play every but game. But not to get too off topic, but I think this is an interesting question because I this came popped up in my head not that long ago when I borrowed your copy of Crash Team Racing Re Nitro Armed whatever the hell the, the remake was for refueled for refueled for a party at my place before the world exploded and um did you pay the licensing rights well the, here's the thing upon <laughs> yeah, boot I was up say did you you didn't borrow it you licensed it <laughs> <laughs> yeah I licensed it I'm sorry but upon and and I don't know if you remember this Austin you put the disc in and post installation and downloading dude. stuff you got to install you got to download then you got to agree to like eight things well, and no, then no, watch no. an unscriptable cutscene. There are like 56 pages uh-huh. of shit. And it's like, I'm curious, if you once you buy a new physical game and break the seal, if you like don't agree to the terms of service, you can no longer like return that product. Like, what if you go back to GameStop and you're like, I actually, I don't agree to I the terms. I read through all the EULA <laughs> yeah. and I do not agree, sir. Give me my $60 yeah, back. And they'll, be like, and they'll just be like, fuck off, kid. Yeah. <laughs> Do you have a receipt? Like, do you want to pre-order Anthem five dollars down? <laughs> oh my god! Well, back in it, the uh, MDY appealed the judgment against them on April 29th, two thousand and nine, and arguments were held by the U.S. Court of Appeals on June seventh, two thousand and ten. This is the part. So we're getting pretty close to the the launch. That's, yeah, yeah. This is the part where uh, you guys edit in the uh, cloud dreamy state. Like the re- 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 and you repeat back when I say, <laughs> mm-hmm. according to a letter on May 27th, 2010, by Mike Morheim <laughs> to the Korean esports fans, we began talks with the Kespa in good faith so we could find a way to protect our intellectual property rights as well as hope to grow esports further. Yeah. So you're looking at it was literally they were going to court in about a week and a half to talk about their intellectual property rights. When this was when this was going into appeals, I want to be and, on this um, journey. Yeah, that's how the fucking legal system works, though. If you own intellectual property, you got to have lawyers on retainer. You got to defend that shit or, all day. 
because that is it's like this weird like owning an IP or owning a trademark or a copyright is like this weird contract where they're like okay you can make all the money off this and we'll let you sue whoever you want but you gotta sue them because if you don't yeah. you let them make copies willy nilly then you lose your copyright yeah I and mean, that's the th- that's the thing about when you hear about bands, especially that have to go after people that they don't even want to go after. Who did covers and stuff? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Well, eventually in the appellate courts, they reversed the contributory copyright infringement. Saying a lot of big words over there, buddy. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, just just you wait. <laughs> some of assault me like that some again. Us, yeah, some yeah. of us didn't get some of us didn't get a lot of sleep or education <laughs> in life. <laughs> Some of us, some of us had higher KDAs than GPAs. Clearly, You're like my Duke guys, it's a pretty good one. It's called a callback right there. <laughs> oh man! Well, they they held up that MDY did violate the DMCA. There was also a tortious interference with contract. There um, he goes again. Long, long story short, the, the district court, the, the appellate court, sent it back down to the, the district courts. I'm not going to chance myself here by reading off why, but essentially it was an all-in-one package. It was a summary judgment, and without mm. all of them involved, this, like, falls off. So they're, like, straight back down in the lower courts. Mm, so There you go. Uh, yeah. Some old guy was like, video games <laughs> up here in these courts? Is he smoking a cigar at the same time? <laughs> yeah. My grandson, my grandson plays those, so he'll, he'll be the judge now. <laughs> And then he just walks out with a little Fisher Price mouth, a little Fisher Price uh, gavel. Squeak, squeak. All right. So if I'm reading this correctly, uh, Pac-Man now owns half of Activision. And Activision is also spelled with a backwards N now. Write that down. And then we have our, our second example here. This is on April 12th, 2010. Blizzard Entertainment Inc. versus Justin Marshall and John Does. Dude, what a cool name. Yeah. It's John Doe. Oh, is it really? That's how that's how you get multiple people involved in a lawsuit is you make it against John Doe, and if there's more than you, one, you, you make it against me. John Doe's. Well John Doe's, not John Does. Oh, why didn't it just Oh, verse that's multiple people. Yeah. Dude, I'm an idiot. This is this is the problem with reading things. You're good. Out, You're like good. rather than <laughs> speaking them. So, yeah, you gotta level it out. He's saying appellate courts a lot. Yeah. And then you're yeah, yeah. you're re- <laughs> They could have. So you got to balance stuff. it back out, dude. Jane Doe and John does. Well, the, the, here's the <laughs> here's the here's the problem. The, 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 here's the thing: is that in, in normally in almost any other topic, I would read that as John Doe, like multiple yeah. and multiple John Doe's. But the problem is, we've had so many aliases and gamer yeah. tags throughout this fucking series yeah. here that, like, I just assumed yeah, you just that thought was he was French. Well, <laughs> no, uh, no, I just assumed that was somebody whose name was John and their fucking Starcraft John name Duet. was John. Actually, in, in the legal system, when the when you're suing a gamer but they don't know that they don't want to show their name, they use a Noob Master sixty nine. That's why they oh, use that in Avengers. <laughs> Um, that's the Jane. That's the Jane or John Doe of, of online what, handles. Uh, do you remember when South Park did their Scientology episode, and at the end they're just like, "Come sue us," and all the credits are just John Smith and Jane Smith? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God! <laughs> well, John Smith invented uh, Mormonism. You're thinking of Mormonism? No, I know it. I know what I was maybe, talking maybe that's about. why they don't use John Smith and they use John Doe. Maybe. Wait, Wait was, was it John affiliate? Smith? I think so. Yeah. John yeah, Smith was the guy right. that made, or sorry, founded Mormonism. Yes. Gold plate, God, all that no, crap. Jo- Joseph Smith. Oh, <laughs> Joseph Smith. Joseph Smith. Oh, maybe I read this wrong. It might be Joseph Smith. <laughs> if I'm reading. 
my god. Right, sorry. And, I, and I've already done talking and, I, about and I've already hosted a topic on with Russian names and Polish names. So. And you're just like, oh yeah, 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 like Gregor Bliginski. You're yeah, like, oh, no it's, problem. It's so weird because you were really good at pronouncing. Well, the yeah, Polish the inflection names. that I. Oh, was I? No, no. that was sarcasm. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't remember. Remember, do remember the, the press right into the press that? Yeah, well, there was the, the, the hatred one. I think I just... I, you, I, you passed me the paper at one point, yeah. and I was like, dude, I don't fucking I know. I just turned my screen, and You're I was just like... the one that wrote an episode about Polish people. Well, that's you because you, you challenged me before it started that you could do it. And that's, yeah, and I, I did it flawlessly. <laughs> Listen to the tapes. They're all there. They're on the internet. All right, Billy Mitchell. <laughs> yeah. We'll grab the tapes. Don't worry. Yeah, I, I read them in, on meme. Back, or to, whatever. back to boring yeah. ass lawsuits. No, so what happened with this bullshit? Chris? So uh, yeah, Justin what, Marshall, what, what John Dusty, <laughs> what John Dusty, Justin Marshall, aka USMC twenty three, as part of the Starcrack or Starcraft two pirate community, he created a crack client that would allow users to play the Starcraft two beta without having a beta key or paying for the game. Starcrack, that, that, Starcrack, that, that's Starcrack, that bastard, right? So what they hit him with? I mean, Boom! Yeah. Copyright Lawsuit. infringement. Yep. Violation of DMCA. Yep. Breach of the StarCraft II beta test agreement and Battle.net <laughs> terms of service use. Keep Cautious going. interference with contract. And uh, they took it behind closed doors and Blizzard dropped the case a month later. There you go. They, they, <laughs> prob- they probably said, just, just shut it down. And yeah. he said, yeah, I'm, I'm shutting it down. The lawyer, the law office for Blizzard, they just have a, an intern or a paralegal in a copy room just printing the same document with lines, and they just fill out the name and <laughs> send it to sue everybody for everything at once. <laughs> well, the next one actually happened a little bit earlier, but... Yeah, this is in October of 2009. This is Blizzard Entertainment, Inc. versus Allison Reeves, unless yeah. I'm pronouncing that wrong. No, no, that is that is correct. <laughs> okay. Uh, Wasn't that the guy that was in... Superman. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> well, they uh, is our I, last I, example I believe, here. I believe it's a woman, Allison Reeves. Yeah, uh, with a Y. Yeah, no, but Christopher Reeves was Superman. I know, I got it. Yeah. Well, they, okay. they sued. Uh, uh-huh. <laughs> they sued this particular sure. person for operating a private server for WoW. Uh, they hit this person with <laughs> that bastard. <laughs> oh, terrible! They, all, all criminals, all of them. Yeah, every last one. Lock them up forever. <laughs> Bury them underneath. Them. Yeah, how they, do they? Uh, they actually hit them with copyright claims and circumvented copyright protections against their systems. Unfair competition, amongst a few other claims. What'd she do? She failed to appear and didn't respond to the complaint. <laughs> right on. <laughs> so, what, punk as shit. Anybody yeah. know what happens when uh, if you get sued and you don't show to court? Um, they burn your house down. Close <laughs> right? enough. Yeah. They don't just burn it. They take it first. I know. Yeah. 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 So Blizzard awarded default judgment. This is on August tenth, uh, two thousand and ten, for eighty-eight point six million. Yes. In total. This Wait is- for running a WoW server. She didn't show to court. I don't care. <laughs> they, yeah. The math that they yeah. used, the math that they used was so ass backwards. Yeah. yeah. So they used the retail price of current WoW. That's where you start. Then they used the active user base on the website for the private server, multiplied all that together, 
And then on top of that, like um, fifteen dollars a month for however many months. It's not that far off from when you use it, like when it. labels came after, like yeah, like when RIAA was like, well, everybody downloaded this song a million times, but you had to, <laughs> you had to buy the whole album from us, and also the album was like twenty eight dollars retail, which was what everybody charges. So, so you owed us, you uh, owe us, owe us like, six yeah. trillion dollars. Twelve year old Jimmy, yeah. I need fourteen yeah. billion. Yeah, you owe like us more, more money that. than exists yeah, in more. the universe. Yeah. <laughs> Great math there, losers. Yeah. So this, like, to break this down, this was like three million and fifty-two thousand in discorded profits, and then almost eight, like eighty-five million four hundred and seventy-eight thousand in statutory damages, and then you know just this, just because just people some, weren't paying subs, just to add some pepper like, on top, this is sixty-three thousand six hundred in lawyer or like attorney fees. Sorry, yeah. yeah. So Blizzard has had a long battle with people trying to profit on their own from their products. And a very successful one. I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. It's just like, why, you know, why would you let somebody else like... And there's some specifics down to the dollar that I left out there, but... (laughs) Like, why would you make a system that would allow anybody else to sort of piggyback off someone else's success when they could just drain the economy for that money? You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 The difference here was... That Kespa wasn't a person trying to make a quick buck, right? They're an association founded in 2000 after the approval of the Ministry of Culture, Sports, also, and Tourism. They were also government-owned, but also Shadow Cabal-owned, right? Yes, they're okay. a government-sanctioned it's association. Government-sanctioned and owned by, like, the uh, Illuminati of Korea or whatever. <laughs> oh, even better. They have affiliations with the Korean Olympic Committee. Yeah. That's yeah. like the definition of Illuminati. Yeah. This, this is way big. Uh-huh. <laughs> and the International Esports Federation. It's funny because sports go. are not corrupt at all. No. But esports are. It's weird. Yeah. It's weird how that works. <laughs> so Don't look into the Olympics <laughs> or FIFA, anybody out there. <laughs> so Mike Moriam must have been channeling all those legal experiences when addressing Kespa in his open letter to Korean esports fans on May 27th of the same year. Uh, yeah, we got kind of a big quote here if you're ready to take this Is this, this just there. the whole letter? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, go for it. Nobody I'm going to try, try and funnel my inner CEO voice. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait. Yeah, this will make you on a corporate call. For the last three years, <laughs> oh, we've tried very so hard it's to have so negotiations good. where we could correct a skewed situation and reach mutual understanding. <laughs> However, during this process, what we learned was that Kespa did not recognize RIP rights and that our suggestions, even up until this day, echoed unheard within Kespa and offered no solutions on their own. Furthermore, the Caspa office prevented pro game teams and pro gamers from contacting Blizzard by threatening disadvantages. Unlike the negative rumors you might have heard, Blizzard's intention towards esports is not to dominate it and create excessive profits from it. <laughs> from the beginning of the negotiations up to now, the basic framework we have thought of is one where esports can continue to grow while we protect our IP rights. <laughs> With the release of StarCraft II Wings of Liberty TM approaching, we decided we could not we decided we could not delay any further in finding a trustworthy partner who respected our intellectual property rights and decided it was time to find a new way altogether. As a result of that decision, we signed a contract with GOM TV, which we announced today, which gives them the exclusive rights to hold and broadcast Blizzard game tournaments in Korea. We have cooperated closely with GOM TV in the past and discovered in the process that they have very similar values and goals in esports. Also, we believe that GOM TV is a capable partner with whom we can not only advance esports in Korea, 
but in the entire world as well. We are very proud that StarCraft con contributed greatly to Korea becoming a global forerunner in esports. We eagerly await the day when we can support pro gamers or GOM TV and their rights to cooperate with the other broadcasting companies in the world of esports. We will continue to do our best efforts for the development of esports. And to that end, we will greatly improve the quality of matches and add features that will create competitive factors for the enjoyment of the audience. As always, we are deeply thankful for your understanding and support, and we are always open to your thoughts and opinions. Wow, it's like you don't have dyslexia at all. Dude, that's brutal. <laughs> I'm guessing on a few words there. Then, I'm uh, getting a very Titanic-y <laughs> vibe from this letter. <laughs> I like to shine a little hard. Yeah, yeah, like, maybe they weren't trying to profit off esports back then. But. Yeah, that's changed. <laughs> is uh, Mike Morheim still around? Yes. Is he? What does he do? President and CEO of Blizzard. Well, shit. <laughs> looking at you, Mike. He was, the, he was the guy that got up on stage and addressed... I'm doing air quotes oh, for people yes. listening. Okay. Addressed that the was Hong him. Kong thing. Yeah, yeah, that, was yeah that went well. He's, he's not the president of Blizzard anymore, actually. No? No? Did, did Jeff Kaplan defeat him in wrestling? <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Kaplan patched himself into the president, <laughs> president and CEO of Blizzard. So then Kespa was asked about their opinion on the Blizzard-GOM TV partnership agreement. They replied... Well, time out. He is the bass player for the Blizzard metal band. What? Um, <laughs> Wait, yeah. ETC? This is, yes. Holy shit. Wait, the band's actually called ETC? Yes. Oh, it's sorry. No, ETC, you're right. As in... Oh. He oh, was uh, Elite Tarn Chieftain. Chieftain. Oh. <laughs> Elite Tarn Chieftain, which is a unlockable card. Well, it was in Hearthstone for a limited time during yeah, the beta and original get release. Get a power cord card out of it. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, <laughs> no uh, way. The Morheim, I was wrong. Morheim stepped down on October 3rd, 2018 and was replaced by J. Allen Brack, who was the guy that made the statement about Hong oh, Okay, because that's, yeah, I'm familiar with him. That's why. Uh, Mike, you got to get back in the reins, bud. <laughs> you got to take Bobby and his boys out. <laughs> Bobby Kotick? Yeah, is he the president of the Activision? Yeah, he is. Yep. The most overpaid CEO. CEO. And, and, yeah, the, and just just a real munchkin of a person. <laughs> and every, like, that's not a, like a short joke. That's like a, he's just like, his face is weird. Is he short? He does no, have a I bit of a, so. all, most of his face is in the center of his head. Is yeah, kind of, <laughs> that's kind of what I was getting at. <laughs> <laughs> he looks photoshopped, but he's not. He totally does. That's the best way to Just put it. Just like these devil-horned Photoshop pictures that come up when you Google him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here's somebody who photoshopped the robot devil from Futurama in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He sold his soul. So Kespa, they replied just saying, we will release an official statement through next week's press conference. AKA, oh fuck, what just happened? <laughs> this And this this really came out of nowhere for them. Yeah. And a few days later, Kespa announces that now their main priority was to have a proper relationship with Blizzard before uh -huh. any negotiation rights about GOM TV would commence. Yep. This is just like a cultural thing through and through. You know, like when Blizzard went to Korea, they didn't go through Kespa to talk to the pro teams. Kespa took it as a slight. Now Blizzard just comes out with like, just plops it on the table. <laughs> just says, all right, yeah, we're going to give it to GOM TV. GOM TV. Didn't they already? Didn't GOM TV come up last time? GOM TV, the difference between the two, when we talked about in the first episode, if Kespa is like Comcast or Cox or Verizon. No, you made this analogy already. Yeah, and GOM TV is like Twitch. Yeah. Yes, they did online streaming. No, yeah, it's, so it's Josh they, TV. They had a deal. <sighs> Wait, was that it? Justin. Justin, Justin TV. You, yeah. I think you said that last time, too. 
No, but like, didn't didn't Gom have a deal with StarCraft One as well? Or um, something they ran Warcraft tournaments. They may have run a few StarCraft tournaments, but now Blizzard was saying you have the sole rights. You have our blessing to only run whatever StarCraft tournament you want. Mm. Where, like, Casper's kind of in like this gray area, you know, because they are technically the government plus shadowy organization, and they obviously knew they couldn't charge. But now the company <laughs> who produces the game is saying you guys are illegitimate. Right, so, but, but this is where the licensing thing came up because Kespa still had the thing where you had to get a license, but yes. then Gom owned the rights, but like Kespa had still had control because they gave <laughs> they gave out the licenses, so they're like, I'm gonna go play for Gom. What a like, tangled no, you're web! Not. Uh, yes, it's like Tetris yeah. all over yeah. again. Basically, in the upcoming weeks after this whole thing happened, there was a lot of posturing from Kespa, OGN, NBC, some back and forth. But eventually, OGN did come to the table looking for a new league to, to broadcast, right? Yeah. So over the next few months, the battle wouldn't stop there and really continue between Kespa and Blizzard. While Kespa was dealing with, I don't know, criminal charges against some of their best players and uh, <laughs> Korean corporate interest was quickly fading. Yeah. Blizzard and GOM TV were gaining traction as some of the former pro gamers no longer associated with Kespa started to move towards StarCraft 2. So speaking of, we now have the official full launch of StarCraft 2, well, kinda, on July 27th, 2010, the first part of their planned trilogy, Wings of Liberty, was now on clients and shelves everywhere. Well, client, I guess, I should say, with uh, yeah, Battle.net. Battle.net. Yeah. <laughs> it received extremely high praise, scoring a 93 on Metacritic.com, and went on to sell quickly sell over 3 million copies in its first month alone, making it the fastest-selling RTS title ever. Uh, I don't think it's been dethroned yet. So real quick, before we move on further, what is everybody's experience with StarCraft II, or with Wings of Liberty, I should say, to begin with? I played a lot of it for a week or so, and then gave up because I was bad at it. <laughs> but I bought it on launch day because I like StarCraft One so much, and then I never bought... Heart of the Swarm, yes, was or the... the Protoss one. What was that called? Legacy of the Void. Legacy of the Void. Yeah, That's what it was. <laughs> I had to remember that too. I played it on opening day. Yeah, I, I did remember too. that. Yeah, I still remember the default picture was a dude with like headphones or like yeah. earmuffs. <laughs> yeah, I think it's still the default picture. <laughs> uh, the interface looked different, but I remember playing my ranked matches. Uh, I got placed in like high gold, and then I immediately got ladder anxiety, and then I just started playing like. That's good off the bat, Single though. player. Well, that's uh, so I, I dove into the single player first and then dabbled with the multiplayer a lot, but not in 1v1s. And I, I got into gold with an old friend of mine on 2v2s, which I know yeah. means nothing to people that play 1v1s, but I was very proud. And then, like you, I got all kinds of uh, anxious about it, and yeah. then eventually yeah. we got raffle stomped and it was over. It the was, minute, a, the it was a short time game. in the sun. The yeah. minute you lose a game, you're like, it's over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the run. <laughs> I was going to get into Grandmaster. <laughs> yeah. How about you there, Chris? Uh, I don't remember if I played, probably not opening day, but I definitely played it within like a year or two and played it for a long time. I think that it's just one of the best map makers of any game ever. Like, it's very, very, very intuitive. Like, oh, I was actually yeah. messing with it the other day. It's so much fucking fun. Yeah, I know. You were you were playing it a bit recently, too. But, uh... Yeah, this year, with this probably March to the start of all this shit and quarantine started, me and my roommate were playing doubles a bunch and getting back into it 
Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Did you play through the? Hard. It is. Did you play through the campaign of uh, Wings yeah. of Liberty? Yeah, I, I probably got about seventy percent of the way through the regular campaign because uh, that's free, and then you still have to pay for the other two or yeah. three, or however many they have. Now. Yeah, it's worth but, a playthrough. Uh, oh, absolutely! I played the campaign back in the day and beat it all the way when it came out. It's so much fun. It's such a well put together campaign. Like even if I couldn't, like I said, we talked about last time juggling. I couldn't tell you what the fuck is going on <laughs> in the story or anything. Uh, the but, story like, gets wild. I'm just, like. Oh, cool! Build these, build some Hellions, burn down this village. It's like it's like they have like a. There's a very cool mission very early on where you have to like. It's like essentially like you just go to a planet that's just like a bunch of zerglings everywhere and like they're like corrupting the civilians every night. So it's like a day night cycle and it's so much fun. It's like morning comes and you like build your base and go and burn yeah. down the buildings and then night falls and you like have to defend this base like from like endless swarms of fucking enemies. It's, it's so much fun. It's cool because that's the thing. It's like primarily going forward we're going to be specifically talking about its its multiplayer but it shouldn't be you know understated how actually like cool and and just clean and how well designed this campaign is I must are. have played it's... hundreds of hours of StarCraft in my life and last week was the first time I ever touched a StarCraft campaign Really? <laughs> it's a shame because they're really fun. I mean, the, don't get yeah, me wrong, the multiplayer the is incredibly fun. It's a whole other animal, though. I, I get yeah. it though. It's like it's at the forefront of your purchase to like engage in multiplayer, yeah. but what they did with StarCraft II, in my opinion, is, is kind of the right way to do it. They allowed a lot of customization in the single player, but for the multiplayer, for rank matches, it was, this is what is official. Yeah. So, like, in the, sing- oh, yeah. in the single player, you could get, like, some sweet upgrades. Oh, totally. Like, it yeah. does, it does so there's still... Medic, there's medics in single <laughs> yeah. player and shit like that. It does like, tutorialize yeah. some of the PvP stuff well, though, but yes. even though it is a different thing, it's yeah. almost like a, it's a double package of a product, for sure. I, I remember going on opening day and naturally Googling whatever the meta strategy was for Protoss, which was, like, the cheesiest build of all time. <laughs> it was, like, this, like... It's like this two or four gate, like all in. That's how you got in gold. That's how you do it. Yeah, yeah that, no, legitimately, I didn't. I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> no, it's uh, like one hundred percent. It's shameless, and no one else did except. No, of course the, not. The only advantage I had was like, it's like okay, once you have twelve workers, build this. I'm mm-hmm. just like, okay, I can follow this. Multi- multiplayer games at launch is so fun before people have figured it all out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, like when you're when you're constructing the meta as opposed to just like yes. trying to reenactment. Yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. It's like when you play Gears of War and you're like chainsawing people. And half and you're like this game rules and then you go back two weeks later and everybody just has shotguns everyone's got shotguns they're bouncing off walls yeah, and they're just, yeah. looks like a they're pinball just sliding like a pinball machine around the map and you yeah. just can't spawn because everybody's just like yeah it's like playing a, if you ever played a call of duty game when they first come out and nobody knows the maps yet and, yeah. that, and most of those games is just knowing where spawns are and stuff like that it's just like oh, yeah. but like right like you play it at midnight or whatever and it's just like this giant clusterfuck of nobody knowing how to be the best yet yeah and that's the best part super fun well only a month later gom tv actually came out and created the gsl or the global starcraft league yeah they wasted no time no time <laughs> uh it featured 600 million won or about four hundred ninety-two thousand dollars u.s dollars mm. as a prize pool and if you Not want to talk bad. about like an absolute chad lineup the first season of gsl was held with open qualifiers so 2,000 people entered with an unprecedented 100 non-Koreans. How like, they do? <laughs> actually. Okay. Uh, one 
actually did really, really well. But uh, you had people like Idra. He's probably more famously, infamously known because he played a match where someone used a, a, a spell that was called like hallucination, where it created fake units that did no damage, but they looked like they were real. Dirty. And he cast it on like some of his units, like Colossi, he was playing as Protoss. And upon seeing them, he thought they were real and he just GG'd out of the game. <gasps> yeah. That's so good. He's done recent interviews. Surprisingly enough, he, he's actually, from the interview at least that I watched, he wasn't a, really a gamer to begin with. He just played oh, no StarCraft. He, okay. play, he played a lot in Brood War. He was, he was probably one but of the best But that was his Americans. world. Not like, that yeah. was his, well, after he left StarCraft altogether, I think he's actually like back in grad school, so kudos to him. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, people like Beyond... TLO, or the little one, who is probably one of the most famous at the release of StarCraft Two. You have MC, aka Boss Toss. Boss Toss. What a nickname. You have Pol. Is that the leader of the Gungans in Episode One? No, I'm kidding. It's Boss. <laughs> no, no, no. It's Boss Nas. Let's not, let's not, We're not talking about the StarCraft <laughs> no. movies. We're talking about the StarCraft video game. Yeah. Let's not go down the the, the rabbit hole of the Gungans. Again. <laughs> is that the guy that lived on Caspa? Call back. Continue. <laughs> you had people like Nest T, Maru, That's and then That's a great name. Nest T. Yeah, that is a good name. My, better than Polt. Better than Polt. <laughs> what about Fruit Dealer? Fruit, fruit Dealer. Sorry. If you want to talk about like a story that tugged that like tugged on the heartstrings, yeah. Fruit Dealer. Yeah. He uh, he literally dealt fruit out of a fruit stall. Oh no shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His, oh, I think one of his parents were sick. I didn't know that was literal. So he did that to support them, and then he just kind of came out of nowhere and was like, "I'm pretty good at StarCraft," and gave it a shot. That's and very wholesome. Really, really, really good. Um, <laughs> but probably the most notable of them all. Early Stuss Foreigners was the return of the iconic commentary duo Taste Tosis to the English desk. Taste Tosis. They're great. <laughs> They're absolutely phenomenal. Nice. This didn't sit com- well. hey, com- Me and Austin have watched enough Smash stuff to know how, how important yeah. commentaries are. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. T1 and EE. Hell yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. Dude, or E-E. T- TK. <laughs> TK Breezy. TK Breezy. The Black Plague. <laughs> Call that boy. What do you say? Call, Call that boy a hippo because he hungry, hungry. hungry. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> oh my god. <sighs> yeah. It, so all this did not sit well with Caspa, who all but effectively banned any players on their Caspa teams. Because remember, the the teams weren't organizations. The teams were essentially extensions of sponsorships from major companies. Right. Right. Yeah. So they banned all their players that were on these Caspa teams from uh, transitioning from televised broadcasts of Brood War to StarCraft II. Huh. Yeah. So with all this happening, these preliminaries, they were held on August 28th and 29th. Yeah. And while I... Not that far after launch. No, no, not at all. Yeah. And while I can't find any evidence to prove this had an effect, on August 31st, the man, the myth, the legend, the absolute goat was already (laughs) making his move, ending his contract with his former team, SKT. Who came up in the last episode. Yes. My man, (laughs) Lim Hyo Huan, a.k.a. the Terran Emperor, a.k.a. Slayer's boxer <laughs> began to make his move towards SE2. Was he one of the people that got in trouble? No. 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 Okay. No, no, no. Uh, the Brood War God, known for his creativity like proxy barracks, innovating rush strategies, popularizing Terran dropship play, which is for anybody yeah. who's up to date on it, that's like pretty standard. And I've done it. Yeah. No shame. You, you got it. What you do? You drop tank. You, you drop siege tanks in the high ground. Yep. And he chose a lot of strategies based on units that no one thought were viable, like ghosts. Mm. Ghosts were you know sniper units. Yeah. But they had they, they could cloak. They had snipe cloak. Uh, 
an EMP and tactical nukes. Yes, they're real good. And this dude was voted the greatest gamer of all time in 2004 by ES Reality and included MTV's 2006 The 10 Most Influential Video Gamers of All Time, which now I'm curious who else is on that list. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You guys Rick keep Ninja. posting. How is Ninja not the greatest God, gamer keep of all time? I'll Google it. Uh, it was a different era. When did Halo 2 come out? 2004. Then Ninja. Would have been Walshy. T squared. Greatest gamer of all time. Ogre, the Ogre Brothers. What a title. But yeah, now nah, like Kevin right, Ninja Kevin DDR been, is the best. <laughs> the best Kevin video. DDR. Yep. Best he responded video. to my Reddit comment. No shit. He did. I congratulated on him and he said thanks, man. I said you're big inspiration He's and a like Ryan Tetris. <laughs> He's an absolute god. Yeah. Really. But uh, yeah. So you had the two-time Star League champion, two-time WCG champion. KPGA tour champ and the former captain of SK Telecom One, a team originally built around him for players <laughs> that he handpicked. Yeah. He was the first superstar of the Korean StarCraft scene. He just left Casper like it was nothing, and the legend was about to grow even larger. He made his transition public about a month later, just before GSL Season 2 qualifiers were about to begin. you got to remember that these leagues, there was actually recently, I think, it's real weird how they do the naming of them, Mm -hmm. but in between these seasons, there's about three weeks. Three, four weeks. Oh, it's actually a better list than I thought it would be. No, yeah. uh, What's... So it's not not like esports players, it's just gamers. So it's... um, Okay. Mike and Jerry from uh, Penny Arcade. Okay. Yeah, the importance of things like packs, and that makes sense. Adam Clayton? Who's that? The guy who won American Idol? No. That's <laughs> Clay Aiken. Oh, wait, he didn't win. I thought you were talking about Adam Lambert. <laughs> I got second. I got a different list. This says that this League of Legends player is the greatest gamer of all time. Uh, he coined him? the term Easter yeah. egg. Uh, your boy Billy Mitchell. <laughs> God uh, damn it. There's no escape. None. Alan Grafe. Tell us that the Todd Raj is on there, dude. Some guy who's going to do a second life. Can't dodge the Taj. Can't uh, dodge the Raj, dude. Imyo Juan. That's Boxer. Uh, yeah. That's Slayer's Boxer. Yeah, yeah. Min- Min- Boxer's and- on my list, too. Minley and Jesse Cliff, the modders behind Counter-Strike. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, well earned. Patrick Wildenborg, the guy that modded uh, hot coffee back in... Remember? Oh, my God. From, like, yeah, I was like, why episode? does that name sound so familiar? Uh... And then a Pete, title he probably doesn't even want. Peter Ludlow, who oh, sorry, just I'm Peter Molyneux this. under a different name. <laughs> no, TSO. He ran a newspaper in The Sims Online. Well, oh. I guess for I more on The Sims, talk, check out. Back to back to Slayer's Boxer. Yeah, no. So uh, he he made this public announcement, and he was promptly given his Battle.net ID back Slayer's Boxer, and he was awarded with the distinction of StarCraft One legend hey. listed on his pre-match achievement list. Damn, man. What the, like, Can you imagine? Yeah. You're going in a game, you're like, yeah. oh, I'm just going to rank up today. And you play against some dude, and you're just, it also says a StarCraft One legend, you just go, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Just concede. Fuck this. According to the same blog, by the way, the best game of all time is Sensible World of Soccer. So, uh, well, credi- well, credibility gone. So, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> At the time, though, like, Boxer's move to StarCraft Two was actually filmed it was filmed by a South Korean broadcasting company in a two-episode series titled Boxer's Wings, which yes! you can still watch. I saw this in here. I was going to ask if this was out there. It is. Like... It is. It's the, it's the first time people actually knew about his relationship with South Korean actress and his future wife. No way. Kim Ja-yeon. I wonder what she was in. <laughs> uh, I think she... 
I, I don't want to preemptively say it, but like my gut instinct says like Korean dramas. Like, yeah. Okay. K-dramas. Hey. Um, hugely there's popular. Some, there's some fucking great movies that come out of Korea. <laughs> oh, uh, like... I mean, we referenced Parasite earlier, but... Yeah, like Korean TV loves dramas. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, Aren't they true. like soap operas kind of? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. A bit, Pretty yeah. much. Apparently, they actually met during a Brood War match in 2008. Yeah, this dude's been... Oh, no, wait, no, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you, but it said it said on Wikipedia this dude was married three times, and I was like, yo, player. <laughs> but it's not, it's not true. For Boxer? Yeah. Uh, no, he said it wasn't true. So. Uh, yeah, now. Uh, technically, he was married twice. Oh, okay. Technically. And we'll get to that. Okay. As to why. You can say one of these uh, is, uh, seasons. Super. Actually... Maybe he was married three times. Uh, anyway, um, they, they, they met during a Brood War match in 2008 where Boxer uh, reportedly beat her by mercilessly nuking her base until he finally destroyed all of her buildings. How romantic. Yeah, they kept the, yeah they, because of that, they kept the relationship secret. Love it. First nuke. Yeah. Or whatever. Oh, God. They yeah they had to keep explaining their, how you and your significant other met. Yeah, I got great. absolutely destroyed by him playing a video game. <laughs> But that's how popular it was. You had like literal no mercy, like actors and actresses that were yeah, like, involved totally, in this for right? sure. And they had to keep their relationship secret for two years uh, until the two episode series came out, where they married in secret in 2011 and eventually married publicly in 2016. There you go. That's it. Yeah. That's why. That's why it's listed three times on Wikipedia. Uh, well, I, I think he may have been married before, but don't quote me on that. No, it's it's the same. Woman. Oh, then yeah. But yeah. just three times. Yeah. And it was very confusing, but that makes a lot of sense. They had to keep it secret at the time. Uh, is that because StarCraft players are like priests where they have to be celibate? <laughs> uh, quite, quite the opposite. Think like um, StarCraft players were looked at by the. They're like major athletes. Sorry. Now they are. Yeah. But even back then, people were trying to legitimize it, which is why the, the match fixing scandals hit so deep. Because at the time, they were looked at like. It's like. Oh, you're going to play some uh, some StarCraft, huh? And they're just like, yeah, yeah, Pop. I, I got my pro gamer license. And he's like, ah, it's great. And then it's like some so hair tussling going on. Once you get done your military service, you're going to quit the kitty business and get a real fucking job, right? That's like essentially how it was treated. That sounds like America, too. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but with the success of this two-episode series, over 750,000 people tuned in Oof. for Boxer's return in the round of 64 against Happiness, causing GOM TV and other websites to actually crash. <laughs> Just to prove once more how huge of a thing this really is in Korea. Yeah. yeah. yeah he actually, so he created the Slayer's House, which is oh, okay. very, very big. He like handpicked a lot of people and like his protege became very popular in the scene as well. Hmm. Uh, and he really, really like, I, I believe the entire house was actually bankrolled by his wife. <laughs> Deadass. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. No, she owns his, uh, his pro team. Oh yeah. So, he's yeah. got that act, act yeah. acting money. So back to the action though. Enough about Slayer's boss, even though I love him to death. Uh, subsequently, Kespa continued overseeing brood war events in South Korea for the next two years. Hmm. While, on the other hand, GOM TV organized and broadcasted the main Korean StarCraft II individual and team leagues. Later that year, in November 2010, Blizzard issues statements that they want to have their IP rights properly addressed and licensed. I was waiting for that, yeah. Blizzard demands that Caspa agree to their original demands where Blizzard owns 100% of the rights. Sounds about right. Caspa <laughs> still hosted the 2009-2010 Shinhan Bank Pro League, another one of those uh, cabal organizations. 
which started on October 2009 and ended in August of 2010. Then again with the 2010-2011 Shinhan Bank Pro League from October 2010 to August 2011. Mm. And uh, during this time in May of 2011, Blizzard acknowledged Kespa's pro gaming teams, NBC and OGN, allowing them to run Brood War tournaments and have the ownership rights to derivative works. So... Hmm. Teams can sell jerseys and make money, but they can't sell a jersey with uh, a Terrence, you know, siege tank on or it. Or the Blizzard logo. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. In return, they all pay Blizzard a licensing fee for the use of the game, as well as place Blizzard's logo during the tournaments. So, like, do other professional PvP games still work the same as this? Or That's why a lot of them brought them in-house. Okay. Yeah. When it's your own studio, you can do oh, whatever shit. you want, right? All right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is the first time that you had a third-party organization be as big and solely dedicated to one game. Like, MLG was like a collaboration of different scenes that yeah, kept it alive. Sure. This was just StarCraft. That's it. Yeah, Probably the only, like, I don't think they have that in America, do we? It's either, no. it's either like ESL or it's owned by the company. Yes. Yeah. But even then, the teams are individually owned. It's yeah. not, it's well, not the, yeah. a third party owning the rights to the team's and then playing another company's game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And Comcast owns an Overwatch team. We brought that up last time. Uh, is it the Philadelphia Fusions? The Philadelphia Shitty Routers. That yeah, was the, joke <laughs> the from Philadelphia was the Shitty joke Routers. From Careful, Chris. Don't stare at the tower. It's looking. <laughs> it's, it's a bit cloudy today, thankfully. It's yeah, but it's still glowing behind them. <laughs> still searching. Yeah. Still searching. I don't want to think about it. <laughs> it's getting ready to throttle you any minute. But yeah, so by the end of 2011, around November, three major teams had already disbanded. NBC Game Hero, We Made, Fox. It's it's so weird how they make this. NBC Game Hero, it's NBC Game Space Hero. Then it's We Made Space Fox. It's like yeah, and, and then confusing. of course there's there's uh, Hwasong Oz. Yeah, <laughs> out of nowhere. By February of 2012, uh, the NBC Game Channel they just stopped broadcasting altogether and they re- reorganized themselves geared way more towards K-pop and music videos. <laughs> Ain't that the way? <laughs> They're like, we want no part of this. Yeah. We want absolutely no part of this. Eventually, Casper really had no other option here. They had no. waiting view- viewership and need for more money. And yeah, they were dying off to the ever-increasing popularity and accessibility of StarCraft II. Now the K-pop fans are... Uh, oh, work- they're coming back. They're working with Anonymous. It's wild world they live in. <laughs> huh? Are they trying to take down Joji? No, they're no, they're trying to take down the police. Yeah, yeah much more important thing. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Yeah, people are saying K-pop is like the new punk now. Yeah, like, yeah, it's. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Bubble Pop's a great song. <laughs> I think the K-pop stands and Anonymous are teaming up to take on racial injustice. I'm all about it. Well, <laughs> news to me, which is just just the best. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Casper was really just dying off at this point. By March of. 2012, there were reports that Kespa was in discussion with Blizzard to acquire the rights to broadcast StarCraft II events. Mm. Literally a week later, the Esports Federation is unveiled, originally comprised of non-Kespa teams. Yeah, there were nine of them, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you have, like, Kespa is trying to negotiate with Blizzard so that way they can get in the ring with StarCraft II, and at the same time, all the non-Kespa teams form together because they're like, we don't stand a chance like, we can't get a seat at the table mm. broken apart, so we need to all come together. Beginning of May 2012, Blizzard, Caspa, OGN, and GOMTV, they held a conference meant to describe the transition process by which the Caspa teams would switch to StarCraft II. 
So Casper officially recognized StarCraft II as the official discipline and scheduled the next Pro League to feature both Brood War and StarCraft II. So the best way I could describe this is the games were were fundamentally different. Oh, yeah. It's like Melee and, and New yeah. Smash. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, melee and Brawl. Well, Brawl, we don't know. Yeah. And There's tripping in StarCraft 2? <laughs> no, dude. Everyone just plays Meta Knight. Yeah. But, yeah, like, a lot of the Kespa teams, like, if they wanted to transition to StarCraft 2, it wasn't, like, a seamless transition, right? Mm. Like, they would have to, like, take time out of the day to practice StarCraft 2, learn it, and, like, really get, a, like, get caught up to speed, essentially. Mm. And... The Casper teams were just were not allowing it. Like I think we talked about it before. There's the notorious nature of like how these guys like practiced. A lot oh, of the, yeah. a lot of the team managers they they weren't like sports Oof. psychologists. They were just people who played the game. So the idea was like you had your star players, right? You had your people on your roster, and then you had the practice squad. And what happened was the practice squad went up against the good players for like ten hours a day. So if you're on the practice squad, Fuck. the only thing you could guarantee is getting your ass handed to you for 10 hours That's a day. That's your job, yeah. Uh, and your goal <laughs> was to emulate the play style of the people that they were going to play. So you weren't even playing your own game. Like, And yeah. to get promoted from the practice squad to the main squad, it was essentially like the coaches, if they were like, yeah, I like this guy. You could go around and listen to interviews at the time, but like, like, yeah, we got this up and coming guy. I, you know, he's and what they always used to quote is, you know, he's so invested in the game, he's playing 12 hours a day. Yeah, yeah, there's so many personal lot of, politics lot of already. Personal politics, yeah, yeah. very much here. so. So it was absolutely just like a, a shit show. <laughs> but yeah, Casper had finally said, okay, StarCraft II is what we need to transition to. It is the future. It also gave Casper the license to hold team events for StarCraft II. And OGN were given the license to hold and broadcast individual level StarCraft II leagues. Hmm. So. By August of 2012, Casper reaches agreement with the Esports Federation as well, setting a 13-month trade lock period. No Casper players could be traded to non-Casper teams and vice versa. It was for the better, trust me. Yeah. Trust me on that one, yeah. <laughs> um, like Both sides were afraid of people fleeing from the other side, and they didn't want... like StarCraft was built around the players and highlighting the players as like yeah. the commodity, right? So when you have people that are just constantly fleeing, it's hard to build up hype over time for these players. Yeah, it's still spectator sport. Yeah, it? and they just really didn't want that level of like, uh, here's our... It's always funny, like the Korean pro gamer names, they're always like one-syllable words. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's like, you pick pick a one-syllable word, guarantee a pro gamer name. Uh, Life, frog. Love. What's up? Frog. Come. Come. <laughs> Coming up next in our team league is come. Fukaki. <laughs> Fukaki. Now more than one syllable. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Three times as many. Some would say. I think jizz would work better than come. Oh. <laughs> jizz is a mu- is music from Star Wars. It is. Yeah. The uh, jizz whistlers. Jizz whistlers. What? They're called jizz yeah, whalers, dude. Jizz whalers. Yeah. The, the music that they're playing in Katina and then yeah. New, New Hope is. Because George Lucas, in his infinite wisdom, thought that <laughs> the future of jazz was to change the vowel to an I and call it jizz. <laughs> to an I? Why do you just call it jazz, dude? That's the most Star Wars thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yeah. Jizz whalers. And they had the jizz whalers, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, no, solid choice. I'm all about it. I'm all about it, too. <laughs> Love it. So, after all this stuff 
happened, I guess Casper couldn't take that one lying down because later that month, August 23rd, Casper decided to not allow its players to compete in the 2012 GSL Season 4, which was set to begin a few days later on the 27th. So part of this, too, is that you would have Casper teams, they would allow their players to individually compete yeah. in other tournaments, and then they just said, nah, not happening. <laughs> and they stated issues with concerns over scheduling conflicts and the health and safety of their players. These are the guys that they have practicing 12 hours a day. I was going to say, I was about to ask what does that mean, but then it's it's just fatigue, uh, it's probably. Just, you know, just like, blanket, like, uh, corporate terms and lies and stuff. Uh, uh, scheduling conflicts and uh, health and safety. It, well, yeah, I mean, that's that term is, yeah. Yeah, so... The next day, the Esports Federation, uh, they pulled their support for the upcoming OGN Star League, which was happening on August 28th. Mm. And they put their support behind GOM TVs, the, you know, the 2012 GSL Season 4. So what's, what's the difference between all this shit, right? So GSL was open qualifiers and anyone can enter, right? Which is why they said CASPA players would be allowed to enter. Right. And OSL, or the on-game net Star League, was billed as the best players that CASPA had. And in particular, they were going to have the best esports federation players play against them. Yeah. So it's like it's almost like best contracted versus non-contracted. Okay, like a better version of pros versus Joes. That except still that sounds Joes exciting. Are like still like yeah. probably better. It's like when uh, it's like when in hockey they do like the Phantoms versus the Flyers. Yes, the they're Phantoms. both they're both just like leagues or, above. Leagues I should better say for those of not from the Philadelphia area. Well, you're not going to know hockey anyway. But. <laughs> The AHL versus the NHL. Damn. Well, I'm sure they do that in other sports, but other sports are dumb. Yeah, if they ha- if they have a farm league, like or some yeah, kind of system. Yeah, they do that a lot in baseball. Yeah, football doesn't have minor leagues because that's like so many more concussions that they have to worry about. But yeah, no, they want they want them. You young. mean so many more concussions they don't have to worry about? <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's yeah, what yeah, I meant. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, after all this, Caspa backed down, saying that they would let their players. Enter the GSL Open Qualifiers, starting with the season after the one that was about to begin. Of course. Yeah, well, yeah. Not, not a few days away. They have to wait like two months or so. Season 5. ESL fired back and said that wasn't good enough, and then they doubled down. Great. And by the, the time GSL Season 4, August 27th, the dispute was finally settled as Caspa bowed down and allowed his players to attend GSL Season 4, which was postponed a few days to make accommodations for them. And uh, GOM TV sent players to OSL as well. Yeah. So you see a lot of that, like, back and forth trying to keep control of what's happening mm-hmm. and keeping, like, the scene together until it doesn't. And this is where Kespa kind of began to lose control, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you kind of have these dual leagues that are running at the same time, and eventually by 2012... The Caspa sponsor one just couldn't get the same traction that Gom TV events were drawing. Yeah, and then the biggest hammer that fell to date is probably in April of 2013, where Blizzard introduced the WCS in an effort to promote the highest levels of professional StarCraft II competition. Only the best. Yeah. So mm-hmm. WCS, they, they basically stole the Gom TV Star League, like how they operated it. Uh, <laughs> I have here inspired, but they basically stole it, where (laughs) seasons were run over multiple months. These new leagues would be played under the name WCS Premier League with a lower tier named WCS Challenger, which is uh, analogous to GSL's Code S and Code A, respectively. (laughs) Okay. Um, 
the Korean StarCraft II leagues, they were included in this transition and came under the WCS banner, with WCS points being given out alongside prize money to decide who would qualify for the global finals. But Blizzard, in all of their wizardly fucking powers, <laughs> also made a WCS league for America, Europe, and Korea, but didn't have the uh, forethought to make it region locked. So oh. you have dominant Koreans, essentially, uh, you know, they've been playing StarCraft 1 for what, uh, 10 years? Uh, if not yeah, if longer. Not longer. Yeah, they come over and they point. just literally annihilate almost every tournament. <laughs> it's funny hearing you bring this up when you consider what was also done years later with the Overwatch League that we mentioned in the last episode and a little bit in this one with their city teams and stuff. You know? Yeah. 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 Like region locking was, was just, they, they eventually introduced it. But So what happened to the follow up of uh, the 2013 Hot Six Global StarCraft? League season one, season two. I don't. Yeah, no, it was just called the 2013 WCS season one Korea GSL. Okay. You know, they, all, all these tournaments that had like the corporate sponsorships. Yeah. They they just essentially transitioned to WCS season whatever Korea. Oh. Yeah. So like OSL season two now is the 2013 WCS season two Korea OSL. Mm. Um, after season one, OGN just disbanded. They just, just disbanded it. it. Just disbanded it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. On Game Net, one of the. One of the broadcasters, the TNT of the USA Network. I guess both of them are out now. Yeah. Right? Uh, so, for the next few years, Kespa, well, IEG, who held the broadcasting rights, they continued its pro league with a new broadcaster, now that OGM was out of the business and so was NBC, <laughs> called Spot TV, or Spot, Spo TV Games. Okay, okay I was, because I read that as Spot TV Spot as well. TV too, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spo TV. Yeah. yeah. Um, during the whole- or Spot V. Spot V too. Spot V. That's what we're going to call from here on out. It's easier. Um, so during the whole 2013 WCS Season 2 Korea OSL, they were already splitting broadcasting rights among, you know, OGN and SPO TV. And during that time, it, it was considered the premier event with the best talent still, despite a lot of the non-CASPA players traveling the world and effectively shattering anyone who stood in their way. <laughs> so like the CASPA, the, the CASPA team players were, were generally considered of a higher caliber. Sure. You could tell uh, things were really getting dire as the end of the sponsorship leagues was ending. From 2011 onwards, all pro leagues were actually sponsored by either SK Planet or SK Telecom themselves, who, if you remember, uh, had a controlling stake in right. the Kespo board. <laughs> yeah. So it was, it, they couldn't find anybody else to do it, so the, the president was like, my company. Yeah, we'll keep this alive. It's just that kind of thing. Yeah. During the 2013, 2012-2013 SK Planet Pro League, they even had the first foreign team competing. Team EG Dash Liquid. Yep. Who also came up. Yeah. Previous, yeah. Uh, uh, Team Evil Geniuses. Part one. Been around for a while on Team Liquid. Mm -hmm. um, they combined together. Tons of games. To send their best players uh, who were decimated, utterly destroyed <laughs> in the leagues. And the hype actually And somehow, them. even though they came together, their name got worse. <laughs> EG Liquid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the hype for all this stuff quickly died as the players like Flash all killed their team and eventually resulted in a 7-14 and record overall for the season. They finished last place, huh. and the 2014 Pro League didn't have any foreign teams. So this might be a bit of a backtrack, but how did teams work? So, Is it like NASCAR? Um, <laughs> also, it's when now. a couple of people get together to play the same game together. Okay? It's, like, it's like crew battles. And then, it's a, it's, it, the NASCAR comparison actually isn't that... Wildly off. How did, how did team leagues work, or how did teams work? So, are you when you say team, when you say like EG Liquid sent over yeah. their best players, were they playing teams, or yes. was it a team of people to play single player? Uh, or it was one v ones. 
it was a team league. So they sent over their five best people, and it worked like crew battles in, in Smash. Uh, they would send one v one. The winner got to keep going on, and you just kept you just kept knocking out players. Yeah. Another thing. Other oh, okay. Your second. Yeah. yeah. All uh, right. So kind of like NASCAR. Yeah, sort of. Uh, so now that the stage is all set for Prime Crimes. What do you say we get into what we all came here for? Some good old-fashioned match-fixing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Prime so, Crime Live. <laughs> here we are, 2015, specifically January 20th of 2015, where Pinnacle Sports, the world's largest and most reputable esports bookmaker at the time, uh, released a statement about voiding all bets on the 2015 Pro League Round 1 between San from Startail and Dark from SK Telecom 1 SK. due to suspected manipulation. Yeah, I, I definitely recall when this news hit. Also, I should say by this time, uh, the second expansion, Heart of the Swarm, was long out. And the last one, Legacy of the Void, that Austin brought up earlier, was due out before the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this is just the start of what was about to come. <laughs> so, there's uh, another Team Liquid user, Swoopay. I Damn, apologize. I, I read I that as Swoopy. Swoopy? That, that's probably, uh, that's probably and, it. I think it is Swoopay. You I got don't... John Does, I got Swoopy. Uh, who originally notified Kespa and Pinnacle Sports about uncommon movements in the line to downright impressive levels of detail about why this was unusual. Yeah, Uh, which kind of calls back to our cold open about the... Yeah, Yeah. he talks a lot about bookies, how they actually make money by, you know, balancing the books and uh, taking taking a vig. So, like, how each bet changes the line, etc., yeah, I mean, it's it's actually, it's fascinating when you think about the amount of work and level of monitoring you need to bypass observations like these. Yeah. Not, uh, and non-esports are exactly the same, I assume. So, so, what we were talking about way earlier in the opening was, like, how do bookies actually make money? Like, how do they work, right? Yeah. Um, a bookie's job is very, very simple. They, I, I already said it, they balance the books. So, a bookie's job is to make money off a percentage commission, but they want equal bets on both sides. So you want it's not a, exciting otherwise, I guess. Yeah, yeah. no. Well, it's uh, not profitable. It's not profitable. profitable. Yeah. If you have a thousand dollars in total bets on you know player number one, you want a thousand in player number two. Yeah. That way, there's no payout. <laughs> yeah, you could cover your payout. Yeah. Literally. So like lines adjust as people make bets. Right. Right. So like, if you have one player that's heavily dominated, that's why the payout is like, oh, you bet a hundred dollars, you make a cent. It's because so many people have bet on them. That's what the odds have gone. Oh, for to. sure. We found that out betting on the Oscars. <laughs> right? And I'm an expert on betting. I know all this already, but just so. <laughs> so Randy knows. So continue so Randy knows. Yeah. And yeah, so Duh. they just want to take a percentage cut from both sides that are betting. That's yeah. it. They have no vested interest in you know who wins. It's just about making sure that they always make money. Of course. And Pinnacle Sports, to their credit, must have started to take notice because three days later on January 23rd in 2015, they voided bets on another match between Innovation and Super, and it was confirmed that the betting lines for the first map had rapidly changed shortly before the match began. And that is a whole lot of cash already at stake. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, I think we talked about it in the first part of the episode, but when you have someone with like an 80% win rate against like a certain race against somebody yeah. else who has a terrible one, like you expect them to win. Yeah. <laughs> and they took a look at it, and like because the the bets were propped so high on one side, because everyone's like this is an easy win, very easy to make a a, a ton of money, mm-hmm. a ton a ton of money, <laughs> and super this guy in, in the match versus innovation, who was previously the underdog, had massive money betting on him winning. Innovation indeed lost the first map, but went on to win the series. 
which goes to show That's, that it uh, matches some... like game game of three, right? You have to win yeah. two to move on. He knew he was going to win, so he just literally threw the first match and then just crushed him, the other two. Fuck. Yeah. Like, so, so the betting was per game, oh, not per match? These people are deviants, dude. Uh, Gambling deviants. You could bet on anything. They had prop bets for would the match last longer than 15 minutes, how many drones you would have before you made a spawning pool. Any, any uh, fucking... That's an interesting. I mean, yeah, because <laughs> obviously with betting, there's going to be tons of random little things. I'm so curious what half of those were for StarCraft. Like, uh, <laughs> that's the most fun the, shit to bet on. The, the biggest like, one yeah. was you have games that go into matches, right? Like yeah. a tennis game match set, whatever. So you, you could bet on the games... You could bet on the matches. You could bet on the length of the games. You could bet on like almost anything. Yeah. Uh, when the first unit would be killed. Oh my god. Was one of them. <laughs> yeah. And this started to get all this news really started to get big on the on the team Liquid forums, and it, it picked up a lot of traction. And a few days later, the organizer of the weekly online cup series, Alamo League, and the manager of Axiom, her name is Olivia Alamoli, Olimoli Wong. She, Oli Moli. Holy moly. Uh, she tweeted out that illegal online betting had massive influence on the Korean StarCraft 2 scene. She claimed that multiple online tournaments, they were actually sponsored by gamblers, who in turn were allowed to watch the matches as in-game observers through the StarCraft 2 client, giving them an advantage and bypassing the delay on live streams. Ooh. She then listed some of the tournaments that were sponsored by the gamblers, mostly small online stuff, usually fetching a prize pool of like 1K and 2K each, though. I mean, I guess that adds up. But like, how, how long is the delay supposed to be? Do you know? Like, So you have the natural delay in broadcasting, right? I think, I want to say Twitch has it. In, it. Twitch used to do like literally live. Yeah. But now there's like a five or six second delay. I think uh, enough incidents added up that they had to do that. Yeah. <laughs> and on top of that, the matches were like, Typically, after you like had your observer go to like like the graphics department and all this stuff, because mm-hmm. they all use like effects, it, it was typically like a, a probably a, a little over a minute. That's a, that's some time. I mean, uh, when you're making prop bets, yeah, a lot can happen in a minute. Yeah, <laughs> it was also stated that many organizers had sent proofs to Richard Lewis, who the leading esports reporter. For an upcoming article that was eventually never released, but at this point, <laughs> Blizzard, Caspa, and now journalists were all informed. And then uh, some more shit started to come out, right? <laughs> oh, a, yes. Yeah. This is uh, <laughs> this is back in January. Now we move on to March, where another Team Liquid user named Star Galaxy, that one's easy to pronounce, <laughs> reported heavy changing to the betting line of the 2015 Pro League match between Yoda and Bunny. From Star Wars? Kinda. Bunny? From well, uh, Yoda <laughs> from, from Easter, from the Bible. Yeah, of course, the very same. Yoda from Primar <laughs> sounds like another. You know, Yoda, Yoda from Attack of the Clones. <laughs> yeah, and Yoda's, from Yoda's from, Yoda's from Dagobah, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Dagobah. <laughs> well. Yeah, so I've actually watched all these matches, and, and during this match in particular between uh, Yoda, Yoda not, and Bunny. not from Dagobah. I've actually uh, been forced at your residence to watch StarCraft matches by you before, so... It, believable, right? Yeah. And uh, there was actually a disconnect 
in the oh, map. Oh, no shit. Okay. Yeah. You had to disconnect it and they had to restart the game about three minutes to a save state, which was real big. Yeah. Not a conspiracy theorist, but like coincidence. I know. You sent this to me. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny because I don't know what rules are in place when something like this happens. Like it's... There was a huge outcry at the time that there was no LAN on mm-hmm. StarCraft 2. Yep. It was eventually fixed. There was like... LAN is being phased out of almost most competitive games now. Nowadays. Until, I think at BlizzCon, they had a disconnect. <laughs> where like the senior <laughs> leadership were sitting like in the stands <laughs> no, watching it. That's a rough I, thing I, I, the, way, the way they do it now is they don't do LAN. What they'll do is they'll... Tournament server? They'll do a tournament server. Yeah. Because yeah. all LAN is is just a local network Mm -hmm. and so if you run the server locally then there's no ping so it's the same thing but yeah so way more reliable yeah 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 Yeah. way way more reliable league of legends does that now too Mm -hmm. but this wasn't even the end of it a few weeks later pinnacle sports once again voided out all bets on an se2 match between bial and marine king in a uh, pro league match marine king had an eight to one payout while he was favored hmm According to the statistics, he should have won. No problem. But the betting line showed that if you paid a dollar to bet on him, you win eight. And he was the favorite player going into it. And, uh, so that's how how many people bet on the other guy? Bet on the basically. other guy. Yeah. yeah. Most notably during the match, uh, he didn't respond to a proxy hatchery cheese where the hatchery was in vision. He saw creep on the map. So, Which is much harder to fake, I feel, like uh, not yes. seeing that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, <laughs> All right, you, you said a bunch of words, and I kind of blanked out. Okay. Uh, <laughs> during, during the match, the guy who was favored on his mini-map, he got vision, and he saw an area that had creep on it, which means that a Zerg building was being placed there. Yeah. Okay. And this is all being recorded. So all recorded. Yeah. All recorded. And he lost to it which shouldn't have happened at a pro level almost immediately once they notice it. These are guys that are responding in like less than a second to like drops in their base. Yeah. And he doesn't notice on his mini map for like two full minutes that there's somebody who's like trying to cheese him. And Marine King's team MVP posted that, you know, they take these allegations very seriously and they themselves concluded that he lost the match due to personal stress and pressure. Right. Which... So, but the bets were voided. It's gamey, but yeah. Moving forward, once again, <laughs> in April, extraordinary lines were being drawn between Sulky and Creator. Sulky was the favorite to win this Code A match, right? Like the lesser league in, in Korea. However, uh, Creator was heavily favored by bets to win the first map, and indeed he won it. Naturally. Yeah. <laughs> Then finally, on May 7th, Kespa released an official statement regarding the match-fixing allegations. None of the players involved. <laughs> None of the players were involved in match-fixing, yeah. according to Kespa. Of course. they had. Uh, there had been some attempts to fix matches. The players were approached by brokers, but of course they rejected the offers, mm-hmm. causing a loss to the investors. And this is where uh, it starts to get real. <laughs> there are incidents reported to the police that some brokers and investors were jailed. Did they really openly go out of their way to say, like, oh, they were approached, but they said no? Because that's, yes. like, the most suspicious <laughs> fucking thing you could possibly do. They were just be like, they no, were no, you guys are right to assume because they were approached, just they just said no. <laughs> Look, uh, people came up, they offered. Our players of highest integrity said absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, why say anything at all? Like, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's just an American mindset. Or it seems like overly deceptive. <laughs> our yeah, in America, it would be like our legal department advises us not to make any comment on non-doing. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> yeah, 
But uh, yeah, so Casper is clearly stepping up their efforts to take down the illegal betting websites to prevent further incidences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're also doing more to protect the players from these horrendous brokers. <laughs> Until the case has been fully resolved, people should not make inappropriate accusations to players and cause harm to them. Yeah. And finally, they continue to communicate with fans until the final decision is out to prevent any future illegal acts. So uh, was it the months of people telling Kespa match fixing was happening or? Nope. <laughs> okay. A Korean news story broke the ran saying that a Korean betting broker offered uh, sole key money for match fixing. Of course, he turned it down and the investor <laughs> detained the broker. So when I talk about investors and brokers, investors are the people who are bankrolling the operation. Yeah, which there were a few of those last time around. You can't have seedy gangsters talking to pro gamers. You need a middleman. (laughs) And the broker is the person who knows the pro gamers that's going to talk to them and convince them that they need to do this. Mm -hmm. So when he turned it down, this investor, this bankroller, he detained the broker after losing money in the bets. Uh, the broker felt threatened and asked the police for help, and in turn, they launched an investigation and questioned Sulky. Uh, so they did things like remove the in-game clock to counteract some of the prop bets, like no vest oh, like gas before about... three minutes, yeah, yeah. or Zerg speed before 2.30. <laughs> One part of this story is true. The police did launch an investigation. Yeah. So on October 15th, later that same year, the Chanwan Regional Prosecution Services Special Investigations Division. Yes. That's a mouthful. Or, or CRPSSID. <laughs> formally... That's my favorite CBS cop drama. <laughs> formally released an investigation report in regards to the whole thing. They named two players and one coach who had fixed five matches and were busted. Gerard the coach of Team Prime, Yoda. The green man himself. Player on Team Prime, B-Bong, B-Bong. <laughs> I think they just call him 4B uh, or B4, no, another player B-bong on, on Team Prime. And uh, Team Prime, uh, I keep mentioning them, and you're probably saying, uh, who are they? Oh, yeah, they're one of the eight teams in Kespa's Pro League. <laughs> Their records during all four rounds of Pro League in round one, they finished seventh place out of eighth. Round two, they finished seventh. Round three and round four, they, they finished dead last. Yeah, so in total, there were, what, uh, 12 identified suspects. Nine were in- <laughs> indicted and arrested. Two were indicted but not arrested. And here's the best part. One was still at large. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you had this this coach of Team Prime, Gerard, who was in- indicted and arrested. Obviously, had Yoda... B4 or 4B, a guy named Enough, who is a former Brood War pro and journalist, and died and arrested. Three brokers, aged 39, 38, 28. They do not give their names. They call them all Suspect A, and they go through the alphabet. What, they're not Suspect A, Suspect 1, Suspect I. (laughs) Gold team rules. All of them jailed. Uh, Two members of a criminal organization... Uh, I think I they're probably... going to be like all of them executed. They they don't publish names that easily, but the only reason people were able to put the connection between enough for B before Yoda and Gerard was because they had, you know, they they wrote in the police statement something along the lines of like during a match that occurred in April of this year uh, between these two players, this happened and the match was thrown. Blah blah blah, and people put it together. They're like, oh. 
Yeah, these yeah, are yeah. these are the incidents <laughs> where the line shifted so heavily. You can connect those dots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, two members We're not of the, tell some you their names. But on this day at this hour, <laughs> at this time, there was a StarCraft match. Now you tell you which one. <laughs> But it was really cool. This on, one on guy t- put a Zerg rush down. And- <laughs> yeah, it was really. <laughs> well, we're not going to say which one, but it was a televised event on broadcast TV. Like, oh, what ran that night? Yeah. It was one Monday night football. It was on this Monday, but we're not going to tell you which team. During the third quarter, when a quarterback from one team, you're like, oh, I wonder who it could be. I'm not going to tell you his, his name. name. I'm not going to tell you. The guy's name rhymes with Boba, but we're not going to say anything other than or that. Also, we'll say who he is. For privacy, of course. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, yeah, now you have these two members of, quote-unquote, criminal organization. They are the financial backers. They're both indicted and arrested. You had two recruiters for gambling sites that were indicted Dude. but not arrested, and one of the brokers was wanted and still at large. Still By the large. way, quote-unquote criminal organization is the name of my hardcore band. <laughs> quote-unquote criminal I can already imagine the font. Um, so. <laughs> it's, uh, it's papyrus. <laughs> Uh, it was also noted here in the police report that this case was unique because there were instances of players match fixing in StarCraft One and offline sports. Yeah. But this was an active coach collaborating with players of his own team. Gerard introduced them to brokers or directly solicited match fixing himself, receiving considerable compensation in the process. Yeah. So <laughs> they agreed to manipulate the compensation. Matches. Man, I'm just can't words today. I know. Now you're, Reading's hard. It is. These guys, they agreed to manipulate the match results in a variety of ways. Old Faithful, just losing, you know? <laughs> uh, having the match go either over or under time, typically it was around the 15-minute mark, or losing a match while going over or under. Yeah, all those side bets. Yeah, the, the super <laughs> side bets, right? The brokers then approached the players through their own means like posing as sponsors and offering a small amount of money to the teams specifically to earn the team's trust. Yeah. So <laughs> suggesting match fixing to Gerard. God, when's this movie coming out? It should be. <laughs> <laughs> and who did you guys say you're with? We're with Stelio Soda. Okay. <laughs> We're with betonme.com. They just have a visor on (laughs) tilted to the side. (laughs) So what they did was they went to Gerard, right? And they said, hey, we're a sponsor. We're going to offer you some money, right? Yeah. And then they just said, ah, you know, I think there's a lot more money to be made here if uh, a particular outcome happened, right? (laughs) And once one successful match fix was made, the brokers just went straight to the players, like, Straight to them directly, offered large compensation for match fixing. In Yoda's case, after he was actually paid to match fix once, the brokers actually blackmailed him into manipulating additional matches free of compensation by threatening to expose him. Ooh, I wonder dirt. Yeah, that's rough. Well, I mean, they paid him the first time. Good. Yeah, yeah they good had point. the first. Match yeah, fix, I guess that so. was. Yeah, that's all they needed. They didn't have to dig any. They uh, knew that, personal than um, that. I suppose they knew that he was the one that let Obi Wan train Anakin. So <laughs> they got him on blackmail. Uh, the Jedi Council. They're... Remember that guy with the big cone head? He was funny. He died. He did die. He died real bad. <laughs> so then apparently uh, they also used an ex-pro and a gaming journalist as a broker? Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah, enough. He was a famous StarCraft that was him. one pro gamer. He was a journalist. He was a broadcast host. Had many connections with head coaches, players, others in the industry. I bet. Uh, enough 
used his relationships with Gerard and Yoda to approach them and offering match fixing for a uh, fairly large fee. <laughs> yeah, so one of the players even used Facebook to try and solicit fixes from either player, either by going to friends of players, but was they were ultimately turned down anyway. Yeah. Uh, they still got paid, uh, what is it, 9K by those gangsters, though, as uh, operating funds, quote, unquote. Yeah, they basically <laughs> said, like, if you want me to talk to these pros, I need a little bit of a slush fund to really wet the whistle. Uh, yeah. They just yeah. took 9K from them. <laughs> See, they bet directly on the illegal betting websites themselves, which wasn't too smart. They didn't, in the end, they yeah. didn't even make a whole lot of money at first, especially since they were limited by a bet maximum on these games as how most of those sites and apps operate, like even today, except then any and all of the money they did make uh, then became the funds for further match fixing down the road again, you know, like that's... Yeah. Yeah. In one case, uh, one of these criminal, that's a whole thing. criminal organizations, one of their members got false information on a fixed match and ended up... Uh, Paying the broker. That's funny. But then losing the bet. <laughs> one guy gave out like 20K to one of the brokers to fix matches with. And then after betting about, I don't know, 25, 26K on the matches, he won about 34K from those bets. Uh, he then went back to the broker and then got his 20K back. Oh, no shit. Okay. Don't know how. <laughs> yeah. uh, just that he received the 25 million won back in its entirety. Mm. Use your imagination. Yeah. So he paid somebody He paid somebody to fix the bets for him, then he made money off it, and then he went back and beat the dude out for his original investment. One of these financial backers uh, had the information on the match fixing. They even sent two recruiters to net cafes to recruit members for a betting club, which used match fixing information, where they received the commission of 30% or more from the members. Wow. Yeah. One, one of the recruiters was able to collect approximately 28.6K or 35 million won from the betting club and had to pay some of that money back to the gangsters, the financial backers as well. Jesus Christ. And what were the total payouts? Here we go, Amazing. baby. Yeah. Uh Gerard spent about 48, 49K on illegal gambling. <laughs> Yoda, for the four matches that he fixed, the first match he got paid out about 16,500. The second one, they said, bad. you're fucked, you're doing it for free. <laughs> the third one, he won about 8K, and then the fourth one, they said, you're He did you're it for totally free again? Fucked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're totally fucked. <laughs> Wait, why? How why did you do it for free? Because they said if you don't do it for free, we're going to go to the cops. That, that's where the black belt oh, comes in. Oh, right. Crime. Our, our boy Bong won just about 4,000. <laughs> and from the time being, there was a certain notion of relief that the match fixers had been caught. But interestingly enough, there's a guy, I kid you not, his name is Wolf, Wolf Schroeder. As in his Wolf, his, Wolf, Wolf. Well, his his first name's Wolf, and his online alias is Wolf. I'm jealous. An American caster living and working in Korea, he hinted that more players of even higher caliber might have been involved. Sell them out, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for a quick timeline check, this pro league where all this stuff happened was December 2014 to October of 2015. Four days later, the match fixing with Prime is announced, and j just know that Prime was a pro league team at the time yeah so now now we move to this is january 29th 2016 a few months a few months later yeah just before the 2016 pro league the same prosecution office the chen one regional prosecution service releases a official report charging life and uh bb young, young with match fixing yeah life was uh, <laughs> considered to 
by many to be one of the greatest StarCraft II players uh, of all time. He won 10 to- uh, Premier Tournaments, Code S, GSL, etc., including two GSLs and the 2014 WCS Global Finals. So, he made about 460k in prize money. That's some cheddar. Alone. Uh, just, just alone, yeah. making him the second yeah, so highest... why? <laughs> oh, just you wait. <laughs> it, this, at the time, he was actually the second highest grossing player uh, right behind MC, who was a, another StarCraft II player. He's still ranked the number 14 highest grossing huh? StarCraft player to this day. Who's numero uno? Are they crooked? <laughs> uh, is it, is Ninja, right? Uh, yeah, it's gotta be. It's, yeah. uh, that's a great question. Told me that I should get angry when I lose. <laughs> so now I do. I <laughs> oh, and apparently that one Booker, uh, by the way, who is still missing from the previous investigation, was finally found. And boy, did they start talking. Squealing like a pig, dude. <laughs> Jimmy the Squealer. That was his name. I, what's the other one? Joey Tightlips. <laughs> Johnny Tightlips. Johnny Tightlips. Yeah. And Jimmy the Squealer. I ain't saying nothing. I just love squealing. I just I can't. It makes help me it. feel big. <laughs> I just love squealing. <laughs> So, so through another series of brokers, financial backers, and online bets, Life was paid a total of 62k to throw two games in the Giga Internet 2015 Kespa Cup Season One. <laughs> That's not a bad payday. No. no. 62k to throw two games? That's 30 minutes of your yeah, life. Man. This next one's even better. <laughs> yeah, BB Young received 30 million won, or about 25. Oh, no, that's less. Okay. Yeah. 24 and a half K to throw one game in one of the global StarCraft oh, well, leagues. Yeah. Uh, both, both Life and BB Young played for teams and participated in the 2015 Pro League. Life played for StarTail and BB Young for CJ Entis, where he had been a member from 2008 until his arrest. Yeah. That's a long time to be playing video so games. So this is all Kespa? Yes. This, this is part of the WCS. Yes. Uh, okay. w- when the WCS was in, was made, they invited the Korean leagues, but allowed them to kind of keep their their names. And right. outside of Korea, they created the, the WCS league, which originally wasn't region locked. So yeah. a lot of so you had like Kespa teams that were operating in Korea, yeah. which for a brief moment had foreigners. Then yeah. you had these essentially free agents that just travel the world and beat the shit out of everybody until yeah. they introduced region locking. Now this this next part I didn't know until. You told me how how old he was. Yeah. Uh, the saddest part about this, yeah. when life was only 18 at the time. Yeah. yeah. Old enough to go to jail. Just, just, just yeah. enough. Just enough. Just enough. <laughs> Naturally, uh, the Korean courts denied his appeal for more lenient sentencing. Oh, that's dark. Which uh, life had actually filed earlier. Uh, yeah. And then by he's July... Gonna be, he's going to be... <laughs> giving that name life a new meaning, you know what I mean? Yeah, make, maybe, to, st- maybe StarCraft Five will be up. Going to jail for life. <laughs> uh, then by July 14th, this is also 2016, uh, sentencing for all parties had concluded. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Gerard, Yoda, BB4 were each sentenced to 18 months in prison on three-year suspension, a.k.a. probation. Yoda was fined 30 million won, a.k.a. all the money he accepted for throwing the matches. Gerard was fined $10 million, or the money he passed along to Yoda for one of the throws, and BB4 was fined $5 million won, or all the money he, he accepted. Life was... How'd, yeah, how'd our, how'd our 18-year-old boy do there? Sentenced to three, or 18 months in prison, three-year suspension, as well as uh, $70 million won fine. Okay. Um, couldn't find anything on, on BB Young's sentence, but I imagine 
it follows the trend. It's in line with it. It seems like if you throw, if you have match fixing allegations and you get convicted, it's like two and a half years in jail, three years of probation. And all of this is just in time for the 2016 Pro League. Of course. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But by the start of this, the team count diminished from eight to seven. I wonder why. (laughs) With Team C. Benu. Previously, Team Star Tale, where life had played, they rebranded themselves a freak of freaks due to the CEO of Sibeno being sued for fraud the same week as the match fixing allegations were announced. Well, they went out with a better name. Yeah, a freak of freaks is a great name. <laughs> uh, in fact, the dude Bebong, he played during week one of that of that pro league, the 2016, in a match against uh, a live from a freak of freaks, where before he went and turned himself in, he lost the match. Rough. <laughs> he knew, like this guy knew that it was coming down the pipeline. Yeah, and he still showed up to play StarCraft. Fucking gotta lost. give it to him. Yeah, absolutely a- lost. Then he just went in. And he's just like, I can't deal with this. <sighs> when we get into the apologies, where they admit that they uh, like are failures and their parents should have aborted them or whatever. <laughs> I forget. Uh, the, yeah. um, we don't have those quotes this time around. Not this time uh, now. Yeah. I imagine the where they just go. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. At the end, like I apologize times. for being alive. My parents raised a terrible. Tr- yeah. 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 Those but, were those were some great ass apologies. <laughs> Basically. This was the end of the end, right? By the yeah. end of the season, it, it was pretty much all over. Prime was no more, and only Afrika and Jin Air were planning on maintaining rosters going into the next season. SKT1, KT Rolster, Samsung Galaxy, CJ Entis, MVP were all going to be disbanding their StarCraft II squads. And after it was said and done, the only team to survive in 2017 was, in fact, the Jin Air Green Wings. In a statement, the Kespa chairman, Jun Byung Hun, cites a drop in the number of pro league teams mm. and players, difficulty securing sponsorships, and match-fixing issues as elements that led to the closing of the pro league. Yep. I mean, after 13 years of being on top, it finally had to come to a close. So now we're left with what we have today. Blizzard essentially came in and pumped a ton of money into the scene, causing a lot of the talent to leave Korea. You can also see this, uh, as you noted, in the uh, Overwatch League as well. All while Kespa is still out there trying to host premium-level tournaments. Their ideas for things like Premier and Challenger Leagues were ultimately used by Blizzard in the end, which in turn created the StarCraft II scene that we have today. And League of Legends. Oh, yeah? LCS has a Challenger League. Okay. I mean, it, it may not be as powerful as it once was, especially when you consider the ever-changing tides of what enthusiasts like to play, new hot trends, evolving genres, things like that. Obviously, the money goes where they go. But just to leave on a couple interesting questions I have for you guys and our guests, do you think this can or will happen again? Undoubtedly. Um, I don't know, dude. Fucking people are watching Batman Begins in Fortnite, so who gives a shit? (laughs) Uh, A few weeks ago, I want to say a month ago, there was just an Australian team that just got busted for match fixing in CSGO. Uh, it was in like an ESL. I only remember the name of the league because yeah. it was the ESL Mountain Dew League. <laughs> uh, and these these young kids. That's great. It's like uh, corruption in the Mountain Dew League. <laughs> Who would have thought? I thought that they were better than that. <laughs> Telecom companies, banks, electronic giants, sure. Yeah. But. Like, Soda, yeah, right. The but most Mountain pure Dew, of corporations. Coca Cola, that yeah. Death Squad company, hey, not that, them. Where Mountain can- Dew is made by Pepsi, sir. Like, oh, sorry, <laughs> the Blue <laughs> Death Squad company. <laughs> Where can we go for good, honest? You can go to the drive-in theater in Fortnite and watch Inception. <laughs> That's where you can go. 
Safe yeah, from corruption. We, I was what? Say, we, we, can also, we, we can also go into a real theater and for risk all, death for, for Christopher Nolan's yeah, new movie. Come for all of you listening, that's not a joke. No, it's not. That's sad. Fortnite you can hosted, watch a movie in Fortnite? Fortnite hosted screenings of Christopher Nolan movies to promote his new movie that's coming out in theaters. And you can just shoot now. somebody while they're watching yeah, and then, it. In theaters exclusively. Yeah, but. in theaters because they were like, Christopher Nolan, we should put this on demand so people don't die. And he was like, no, damn it, theaters, it's got to be on film or whatever. And Listen, so, I, I like movie theaters. Just, just delay it. It's okay. Just, yeah, just, just wait a yeah. couple months. Yeah. yeah. Even yeah. that pompous ass Scorsese put his movie out on fucking <laughs> yeah. streaming after Netflix. complaining about movie theaters being the best way. <laughs> God damn. And not, and you can. The so, Irishman. So I'm gonna, I want to leave us with one more thing here, just because this, uh, this, I think this will be a, a fun way to. Uh, Speaking of the Irishman, Jesus Christ, with these two episodes we've done. <laughs> Yeah, this is our version of the Irishman. Uh, Where's the part where we fall over for five minutes? Yeah, <laughs> your, your it's coming, gives it's out coming right now. <laughs> We're all gonna just stand up and collapse. Yeah, and, and then afterwards, I go to the church and I go, "I've been a terrible person." And then he goes, "God forgives you." Don't and you then, have to gum some grape juice first? No, yeah, and some cereal, just like into the mic. Just oh like, yeah, you just have to eat cereal without teeth and, and, and directly into the mic and just. And then, and then just have the sopping wet cereal just fall out of your mouth because your teeth don't fit in anymore. Oh my god! The Irishman sucks, everybody. What a movie! What a worst CG blood I've seen. Yeah, that was the problem. The Expendables. (laughs) There's a lot of problems. I'm curious. Just I'm just curious here. Do you think that Blizzard will make a StarCraft three anytime no. in the next several years? Depends. In the next several years, absolutely not. No. Well, they replace no, no minerals way. with actual currency. So every time you want to buy a unit for a hundred minerals, it's a one dollar. I have a feeling <laughs> that's more likely than StarCraft three. Um, I have a feeling if if Blizzard ever makes another RTS, which I don't think they will. Mm. But if they do, it'll probably be Warcraft 4. Yeah, I think the same thing. Like, StarCraft, Brood War, it was one of those games that unintentionally became Mm hyper-popular. And then when StarCraft 2 came out, it started super strong. And then, like, the the question you got to ask yourself here is, who's the villain? Is it Kespa or is it Blizzard? Or the... Or the match fixers. Right. I mean, well, we know that their villains are criminals. <laughs> I think that's probably everybody. Yeah, they all like, work, I think they all work together to knock that game out of the limelight. And like, Blizzard's yeah. definitely evil. <laughs> I mean, Blizzard I think came the villain was uh, Yoda? Riot and yeah. the Inevitable March of Time. <laughs> Those <laughs> two work together. Like, yeah, I guess that's also in, fair. When StarCraft Two came out, there were no major gaming leagues, right? And Blizzard kind of set the precedence of, one, making it an in-house thing. Yeah. And not relying on like localized tournaments, and on top of that, fucked it up mm. royally to the point that like StarCraft Two was probably the most popular esport for a few years, and now like it practically created it as it, we covered in our first well, yeah. StarCraft One. I mean, but and then it, and then it kind of cratered out. Well, I, I should say it didn't create it, but it it built this sort of scene where it, be, it could become like financially sustainable, and now it's not anymore. Not anymore. Now they're. I think they just announced changes to the WCS league recently, where they handed over the reins of WCS to like ESL and DreamHack. So they're giving it back to like the the people that the yeah, yeah, yeah. which is like what they literally fought Kespa in court over. <laughs> That's kind was, of was like yeah. 
you just gotta you just gotta give us money. We'll, and then they're like, no, 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 we'll do it. So like Kespa, which really cultivated this entire thing and made it as big as it is, because like StarCraft and Korea kind of go hand in hand, right? Mm-hmm. So like, will Blizzard make a StarCraft three out of it all? If they do, I hope Eventually. they don't fuck it up. Yeah, it'll I be a mobile. Really it'll be a mobile game. It, it will be. StarCraft <laughs> three will eventually happen. Blizzard will get to the point where they get desperate enough to make a StarCraft 3. The question is, when is that time, and will they be long dead by then? <laughs> Let's hope. Oh, uh, you, know you, know you know what I should probably mention, too? You want, if you want to talk about how popular StarCraft Brood War was in Korea, Korea has mandatory military service. Right? Oh, really? And is it similar to Israel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And one, they make exceptions for pro gamers. Oh my god. You can push back your military service. They use like this clause that's like it's relevant to like, you know, as I get older my mechanics are gonna drop, et cetera, et cetera. So I need to do this now. They accepted that, right? Mm. Then finally I I guess that became prevalent in the ages of a lot of the players and stuff we talked about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Until Slayer's boxer pushed back his military service and it was finally the deadline. He had to go. You know what happened? Three months later, the military is a sponsored fucking Brood War team. <laughs> you think I'm kidding. The Air yeah. Force Holy the Air shit. Force has a sponsored StarCraft team led by Slayer's Boxer. He went in That's for insane. basic training. Little did they know he was going to be doing the training. That's Dude, insane. They were trying to figure out, like, helicopters. He had dropships fucking for years. Yeah. He knew it was up. Yeah, and in fact, the team was comprised of him and other former pro players who were doing their military service. Wow. They legitimately <laughs> looked at him and they're like, yeah, if North Korea invades, we need you fucking fighting on fighting spirit. I mean... Watch that lost temple. <laughs> the thing about the thing about Blizzard is they're Blizzard. so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no. Like, yeah. you think about they're like... They're just as likely to come on stage and announce like, all right, StarCraft 3 time. We're just kidding. It's just a GPS voice pack right. of Tim Rayner <laughs> telling you which way to go in your car. Little, little, quick, quick question for you. If I say eSports, what are the games you think of? Top of your head. League and Dota, CS. Yep. Okay. I think a... I, I Evo, uh, the fighting stuff, yeah. CS, Dota, Melee, StarCraft. Okay. Yeah, Starcraft so, is off the knock, you knocked both, off the list. Wait, what about you, Chris? Uh, uh, Cal- 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 only Counter Strike. <laughs> okay. Nothing else feels really. I guess Gears of War is pretty popular too, right? Uh, well, I mean, I, uh, I, I so. the battle royales, I guess Fortnite and PUBG, but that's more. Right, well, a lot of that business is more in streaming. Point, than my in point here is that the two, the two ones that you guys came up with first were League and Dota. Mobas, right? Yeah, Mobas. They're also the biggest money makers easily in the yeah, esports. Yeah. And many people the LC- also the call LCS them... LCS and, and the, the Invitational shit is like... Yeah. The prize pool for the Invitational is like $80 million. It's, yeah, it's crazy. Fucking but crazy it's crowdfunded. Right it is crowdfunded. Yeah. But you know who takes a cut of that crowdfunding? Valve. Exactly. Yeah. So like... Also, I, yeah, I should say that these are also labeled as being the evolution of the RTS. So like That's... Dota came out in the early 2000s, right? Yep. The yeah, League, League's like 09. And League was 09. Yeah. And then Dota 2 was like 2011? Yep. Yeah. It wasn't long after. So like, I don't know the exact year Dota came out. I could look it up, but I believe it's like 2002, 2003, somewhere around there. Sounds about right. So Blizzard waited. And then Heroes of the Storm came out after Dota 2. Yes. So Blizzard, I should say, for those of you listening that don't know, Dota is a mod of Warcraft 3. Yeah. Right? So like... 
Blizzard had every opportunity to capitalize on to that? capitalize yeah. on the fact that the the now most popular genre of all time was invented as a mod for their game, <laughs> and then they did nothing, and then came out after fucking Smite came out. They <laughs> yeah. came out after Dota. They came out after League, and now they're like stop they, support for. Yeah, Gears I was gonna say they are. They already killed kind yeah. of their initiatives to. I'm pretty. I'm fairly certain that an, I'm fairly certain that, that Ice Frog went to blizzard and was like yo let's make this official and they were like no yeah we'll do it ourselves yeah. and then so he went to valve and then they made dota 2 and look at them now and look at blizzard now i like, mean now they have what a struggling overwatch league yeah they were just talking about solvency issues and there's been reports of faked viewer counts in the overwatch league oh. for like months when do you, when do you think blizzard's gonna get on auto chess <laughs> like oh i mean hearthstone has its own auto chess mode yeah but like yeah okay. but yeah like look at hearthstone once the Lord and Savior Benjamin Brode, once he left, straight down the shitter. Yep. <laughs> straight down the shit. All I know is you, you need the the minute they changed Leper Gnome from two one to one one. That I was, feel icky. That was like the, one of the first patches. That's yeah, what that you think was. it went down. <laughs> That's what I think what goes down. Yeah. But no. yeah. but yeah, like I, I don't know. Like I feel like Riot is a shitty company for a whole lot of reasons that we may cover in the future, maybe. Yeah. But like. God, what, you're uh, people give Blizzard a lot of credit because they're they're like they're so confident in their esports, but like Blizzard seems makes, like they kind of suck at it. Blizzard <laughs> makes great games; they fucking blow at turning those games into something that is long lasting in esports. You think it's like a yeah. community outreach thing that they're that they keep? No, they just have heinous and egregious monetization po- like policies and like mm. the way that they deliver on. Once they feel like something's getting big, they say like. We'll stuff a little bit of money in it, but at the same time, we're going to take off the top. So, like with Hearthstone, they saw it getting big. So, what do they do? They get rid of adventures, which guarantee people get the cards. Now it's all loot box, essentially opening packs. You have StarCraft. They're like, oh, the Koreans have been doing this for 10 years. And then I'm like, fuck it. We'll do it ourselves. They pump a little money into it and then mismanage the shit out of it. Overwatch League, pump a whole fucking bunch of money into it. They were a little late to that, too. Very late. But then they have the genius idea. They're like, wait a minute. We could get more money from people just like Riot did because Riot turned their in-house – like Riot offered like a different revenue management model for the LCS. Yeah. For a while, it was like you had to compete to stay in, et cetera, et cetera. You could, you could get demoted, lose your shit. Team managers and owners were like, this isn't fair because now we have to invest all this money and then we have a chance of losing it. So like, okay, we'll do like a franchise model where you're guaranteed a spot like a sports team. But then they said, okay, you got to pay us like, I don't know a million to five million dollars a spot blizzard's like fuck that we're not going to go to like teams we're just going to go to fucking sports teams so then all the you know comcast owners of like different basketball teams like the the owner of what the the bruins like owns the boston weird whatever yeah so instead of asking for a million to two million they're like 20 million a spot and they get paid so yeah. they're, they're just raking in from the top end but then like they don't know how to grow or manage no, the games falls apart. at all. Yeah. Like, and and that led to the Overwatch League being managed much like a sports league. And esports are sports in the sense that people want to watch them and they're entertaining and they require skill, but they're not sports in that they. Nobody says it's not you. It's not the same thing. You have to treat it differently. Nobody says like I can't wait for the the Philadelphia shitty routers because I live near <laughs> Philadelphia. <laughs> Nobody says that. Like people like teams, 
TSM's probably the greatest example. I mean, people like players. Yeah, yeah, more yeah. than anything. And that's what the Korean scene did well in a one v one game is that they promoted those players and they built hype around them. I mean, hell, they they let the players build their brands instead of like teams. Valve does almost nothing for their esports to the most legal extent they can. Yeah, yeah, and they're killing it. Yeah, yeah. Dota 2 and CS are both very popular. Ubisoft's doing a better job than Blizzard. <laughs> yeah. You know you, you fucked up when Ubisoft's doing a better job than you. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, Blizzard games also are... <laughs> Blizzard games also rely way too heavily on patches and changes. Same with Riot. I mean, people were saying five years ago, like on analyst reports and shit, which is kind of off topic, that League of Legends was, was set to dim into nothingness by 2022. Yeah. This was in like 2015. Yeah. And miraculously, this around the time they wanted to invent their own internet or whatever. Oh, Oh, they, they've long done that. (laughs) Uh, and, and lo and behold, riot comes out and says, remember all those companies we bought up that people kind of forgot about? Yeah. We're putting out like four games at once. Yeah. yeah. We're starting to see it now. Oh, by the way, we're making a shooter. We're making a fighting game. We're acquiring a studio and we're making a card game. All at Coincidence? one. Coincidence? Hmm. So what are they looking at? They're like, well, Hearthstone's dying. We'll fucking take that over. That launcher's um, coming out soon. Magic yep. Arena came out. Yeah, we can fight with them. Counter-Strike? Yeah, let's fight, let's fight with them, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, Battle Royale. Oh, Battle Royale. <laughs> like, they just sit around and uh, steal ideas. Uh, auto Chess. Oh, Auto Chess. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they made that real, yeah. real quick. TFT. They must, have, they must have taken all the resources from League of Legends and just diverted it into that, and they pumped that shit out in like a month. Like... But yeah, Blizzard, a lot of these companies, just they're just so, symbiotic of each to other. To answer your question, who's the villain? Everybody. <laughs> but who's yeah. the screw-up? I want to say Blizzard. Blizzard. Maybe they drop the ball the hardest. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they own the game, yeah. so I mean, like, it's every legal right to be like, well, we run this league now, but if you're going to do that, run it. You know what's actually really popular right now in Korea? What? Brood War. Of course. Brood War's got a blossoming <laughs> scene, dude. A blossoming scene. Well, you can't take Brood War away from everybody. Oh, perfect uh, game. But you guys want to get out of here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks All right. for listening to our, like, five hours of uh, StarCraft <laughs> yeah. content. Thank you, Chris. Sincerely. Yes, yeah, thank you for all, all your research <laughs> and, the, and the reading and hosting. It was Fuck yeah. interesting mm-hmm. and <laughs> compelling and... A lot of info. It seems like there's more stories to be told. A lot of wacky names. Oh, yeah. That's always the fun part. Yeah. That's what we do here. Yes, that's what we do here. We mispronounce things from other languages. <laughs> and then make fun of it. That's yeah. Not... <laughs> it's not. It's really not that hard. Um, <laughs> you want to toss some plugs up? Yes. Yeah. yeah, thanks for listening. How do I do this? Oh, I always forget. <laughs> and we have a website, hotbuttoncast.com. You can find all our episodes there. Including part one. Including part this, uh... one. If you somehow listened to part two and did not hear part one, they're divvied up in a well enough way. You probably yeah, understood what was going yeah, on. But kind of um, two self-contained stories, a part but, uh, of a but, bigger, yeah, larger narrative. Episode but... one. Go back and listen to the CSGO episode that we did with Chris way back. Yeah. Way, way back. Was that also a two-parter? Do you remember those No, times? that was a one-parter. No, that, was one. that was like that was before we did two-parters. Yo, that was like yeah. episode nine. Next time on, I think we're, we're, almost a, yeah. we're almost at like 70. Before we had a studio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were uh, um, still recording at the old space. We were stealth Rest recording. Stealth, yeah. <laughs> stealth recording. You can also find links to all the podcast services. You know, you know where to find them. 
just if they if they go off of iTunes, we're on there. Rate and review on iTunes. Share with your friends word of mouth. Hit us up if you want to chat about anything. Yeah. I think uh, I would like this to before. know who people are what people are out there and uh, also follow all our socials. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, if there's anything Hot you Cats. wanted to toss out there. Uh, I'm pretty dark on social media. Yeah. yeah. But what I want to toss out there? Watch the Slayers Boxer documentary. <laughs> okay. All right, I gotta find that. Yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for having uh, me on. We'll, yeah. yeah, give me that link. I got you. I'll put a link to it on the website. If people want to watch it. Cool. And the next time I come on, it'll be an eight-parter. <laughs> no, this was only a two-parter. Oh, the next it one was, was just great. it was just like nine hours long. Yeah, yeah. and you guys um, thought Tetris was gonna tire you all out. Just get ready. We just gotta wait for something more egregious to happen. Oh, hold on. Let me check Twitter real quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> you just you just vomit. Yeah. All right. Oh wait, can we get a different Terran OST outro right now? Okay, Jason, you heard him. Yeah, get on it. Chop chop. Oh yeah, and also before we go, thank you to our producer Jason. Yes. Every every episode for the, for the nightmare of for that. for the nightmare of recording what is probably gonna be like four or five hours of content. Glad we uh, paid well. <laughs> dude, don't tell him anything. That's so All funny. Right. Uh, yeah, goodbye. Good night, everybody. Good night. <laughs>